Drop the subject. Drop the subject. It's Jared Hill, Allie Johnson, and um, we're just getting started. It has been quite an overnight uh, in the political world and uh, a lot to talk about this morning, even breaking news in the last couple of minutes. Welcome, Allie. Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I'm glad to be here. It's a uh, it's 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 quite a morning. Um, I feel like everyone's been kind of like trying to get started. I'd probably need a little bit of coffee situation to happen. Um, I, I I know you're more of a coffee person than I am, but yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, I, I usually get my triple espresso when I get into work, and uh, it takes a really really long time because it makes them all. It's like all yes. right, we're making one. <laughs> all right, we're making another one, and then by the time I'm into the third espresso, I'm like you know knee-deep in a conversation with a random co-worker who's walked into the break room. So that hasn't it's happened yet. It's been like 12 minutes yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so many things are breaking right now um, and overnight. We're going to talk about all of them or as many of them as we possibly can. Um, up first, Donald Trump made some very interesting statements in the White House last night when interviewing with George Stephanopoulos. We'll get to that. Um, and then Kellyanne Conway has been referred for firing by a Trump appointee, which is kind of interesting. Can you just refer people for firing? Well, it was the office of a special counsel that... <laughs> okay. Uh, that is a, a Trump-appointed uh, special counsel, not Robert Mueller, which is a, another interesting thing to kind of jump in on. Um, Donald Trump talking about his son testifying before Congress. That happened in that interview, that George Stephanopoulos interview that happened last night. There was just so much news made out of that interview. Um, so we'll get to as much of it as we can. Also, Donald Trump talking about his polling, suggesting that he's losing in more than a dozen states. And he refutes that, surprisingly. Um, wow, you mean he doesn't agree with yeah. the, the, the facts that have been presented? Exactly. No, which is, stop. I know it's hard it, to buy that. You're lying. Hard to buy that. Uh, and then finally, um, there's a piece of video where Donald Trump, for once, does not come off like a total d bag. Um, like he doesn't seem like a total jack. Can I say jackass? I think I so. can say jackass. Yeah, you can say jackass. He doesn't come off like a complete jackass. Just like maybe the jack part. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I was like, I saw this video and I was like, wow, I don't actually fully hate him in this video. Just a little bit. That's just, nice. You know, I do have an, a, an uncle that everybody hates. He's yeah. just like a bad seed. You know, he's one of those people that just always starts a fight yeah. at a family dinner. He's just an overall hateable person. <laughs> a but hateable then, person like Ted Cruz. Yes, yeah. Yes, but yes. then it's like you see him with his kids and he does like one thing where like his daughter looks up and is like, you're the best dad. And you're like, oh, Aww. you are like not the worst ever. You know what I mean? Right. And then yeah. he sa- he looks at you and says something awful. And you're like, oh, that's right. I hate yeah. You. And then he says yeah. something misogynistic. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So Donald Trump had a moment where I thought like, oh, I don't hate this person right now, but he always met. What was his moment? Do I get to know? Oh, yes. We'll play that. Um, That's coming up in a little bit. So um, first things first, um, there's this clip. A Emmy Emmy's uh, here helping us out as well as producer Justin. Um, There's this this clip where Donald Trump says that he would accept dirt from a foreign adversary after all we've been through in the last two and a half years with the Mueller report. Um, This is what he told George Stephanopoulos. Your campaign this time around, if foreigners, if Russia, if China, if someone else offers you information on an opponent, should they accept it or should they call the FBI? I think maybe you do both. I think you might want to listen. I don't, there's nothing wrong with listening. If somebody called from a country, Norway, we have information on your opponent. Oh, I think I'd want to hear it. You want that kind of interference in our elections? It's not an interference. They have information. I think I'd take it. If I thought there was something wrong, I'd go maybe to the FBI if I thought there was something wrong. But when somebody comes up with oppo research, right, they come up with oppo research. Oh, let's call the FBI. The FBI doesn't have enough agents to take care of it. 
But you go and talk honestly to congressmen. They all do it. They always have. And that's the way it is. It's called oppo research. So uh, Donald Trump here has what I'm Dr. I'm so glad I got mansplained on what oppo research is. Exactly. Donald Trump has what Dr. Phil would call just enough information to be dangerous. Right. Huh. Um, so like, yes, opposition research is a thing that happens in campaigns and in you know politics where people go and get uh, for those of you that don't know, opposition research is basically when you're researching your opponents to smear campaigns. It, well, yes. And like to get like bad information on them that you you can use later yeah. on if you choose. Um, that like, is Joe that is Biden common. hates puppies. Exactly. Right. He kicks puppies into traffic and, <laughs> you know, whatever. So, like, that would be some oppo research if you had some good video. You gotta take right? a stance, right? You, you have to say no yeah. more. Um, but then, but the, the problem is, like, it's coming from a foreign adversary or a foreign country. Like, that is illegal. There is a law that says that you cannot accept aid or um, contributions from foreign uh, countries. And the today, Nancy Pelosi was saying that we have... Um, um, that we have a, a, a law that probably needs to be even more clear that says like this is an in-kind contribution of sorts basically saying like you can't just take like information from foreign adversaries the thing that pisses me off about this the most though is that uh, oftentimes this is compared to the steel dossier that that was put together by the the foreign um, the the British operative who was like looking up information on on Donald Trump and they keep comparing this to that saying like well the steel dossier happened the steel dossier happened and that was basically getting opposition research from a foreigner but it's like and they, they say like you know the Democrats paid for that but like no one ever talks about like that was initially paid for by Republicans that was paid for by Republicans to look into Donald Trump when they when he became the nominee they stopped paying for it and then the, the Clinton campaign started paying for it sure but that never becomes a part of the conversation at all it's always just Hillary Clinton did this yeah yeah, yeah. you always focus on your side whatever makes your yeah. side look good well I think that he would fail a DMV test I feel like you know you the, the question that they asked him was like if they give you this information would you a tell it to the FBI or B keep it for your personal use and he's like B keep it for my personal yeah, use like no I like, think that's per- that's like very obviously kind of the like, wrong answer he's kind of like C all of the above like right. I want to do both <laughs> right. like, it's like no 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 it's an easy question to answer so uh, we're going to take a quick break when we come back Donald Trump uh, his son Donald Trump Jr. just you know America's sweetheart went before Congress yesterday and had to testify about um, some information that he gave them before that was found to not be true uh, his father had something to say about that we'll talk about that and all these other things that we've got to keep up on, I guess. Kellyanne. Kellyanne Conway. Um, we've got just so much to talk about. You're listening to Drop the Subject with Jared and Allie on the new Channel Q on your radio and radio.com. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jared Hill. Over there is Allie Johnson. Hey, Allie. Hey. Hey, boo. Hey, hey. <laughs> I went back and listened to you... Uh, quoting Lil Kim yesterday, just because you it, went back and listened. I, to I played it for a friend. I was like, "This was the best moment <laughs> of the whole day. It was really great." <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it was a good moment. It so uh, there are many good moments ahead. There are many good moments ahead. So um, we're going to jump back into this uh, conversation that we're having about what's happening in Washington D.C. Just in the last couple of hours, we're really in the last few minutes before we were coming on the air. Um, there was a headline that said a federal watchdog agency has recommended the removal of Kelly and Conway from federal um, office because of violating the Hatch Act. Now, most people don't know what the Hatch Act is. The Hatch Act is an act that basically says federal employees cannot use their governmental office to um, promote or endorse uh, uh, candidates for office. Um, only like elected officials can do that. They can endorse folks, but like federal employees, like Kellyanne Conway, is in the White House. Right. Can it's do that. not. It's exactly like how we can't sit here on the radio and be like, you know what? I love Taco Bell, and I want them to bring us free Taco Bell. 
and I'm going to publicly endorse. Like, I can't do that. I can't um, use my platform to get what I want that's actually going to serve me personally. I, I don't know if it's exactly like that. <laughs> no, it's the same, Jared. I know politics better than you. It's Taco Bell adjacent, maybe. <laughs> okay, thank um, you. Thank you. I'll, I'll give you that. Thanks for throwing me that uh, We have David Hackenfar uh, joining us from Pride Legal to kind of explain uh, the legal ramifications of this situation. David, how's it going? Good morning, y'all. Uh, one of the first things that I want to make sure that we get clear for people is this coming. This is coming from the special counsel, and I think people are going to hear that and think that it's coming from special counsel, special counsel Mueller, but it is not coming from him. Can you explain um, what this special counsel is? Uh, well, this is from the Office of Special Counsel of the United States of America. This is part of the federal branch uh, of government. Yeah. Uh, and basically, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Um, so the, the Office of Special Counsel, what they do is they're a government watchdog, or uh, sorry, they're a federal agency um, that basically looks at what the federal government is doing and, and can make an assessment such as this and send and make a recommendation. And what they've basically done here is attach a, it's a, it's a letter today dated to the president, basically letting the president know that she's violated the Hatch Act, and they've attached a May 30th report um, which basically outlines in very good, fine detail. I've actually had an opportunity to review the report. It's a great 17-page, which is concise 17 pages. It's a great report uh, showing their findings. Um, you know, Kellyanne, we've, we've all basically seen this, uh, her on the news, uh, making comments on elections, you know, especially the Alabama Senate race, uh, what her comments about Joe Biden, about specific presidential candidates. Um, think that they'll be, quote, terrible for America. Uh, she called Sanders and Biden, quote, two old white straight men career politicians. Um, just disparaging <laughs> the Democratic Party completely. Yeah. Okay. What and, is Donald Trump mm-hmm. then? Exactly. Right. Isn't that what he is? He's a young, spry <laughs> Latino man. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, according to the Washington Post, the story, <laughs> young, it, he's a young, spry Latino. Uh, this, this story coming from the Washington Post, written by Michelle Healy. Uh, F- uh, Felicia Sonmez and Josh Dossie says uh, the report submitted to the president found that Conway violated the Hatch Act on numerous occasions by, quote, disparaging dis- Democratic presidential candidates while speaking in her office c- official capacity during television interviews and on social media. It also said that, like, this has happened multiple times where she's, you know, this isn't just like this one instance. No, where no, she's, she's been doing this the whole while. Yeah, she's been, she's been doing it. And there's been that funny old guy on CNN, the old lawyer who's been who's been barking that she's been violating the Hatch Act, but because he looks so crazy, nobody paid attention to him. <laughs> I love that. That's hilarious. Um, okay, so the the problem here is that, not the problem, but the situation, I should say, is that this is going to come down to whether or not the president decides that she should be fired based on this recommendation. Now, I, I can't imagine um, what's going to happen here, David. What, what would you expect to come out of the White House? I think that the president wanted this, to tell you the truth. If you've been paying attention over the last couple of years, Kellyanne Conway's husband has been one of the most vocal critics of his administration. And that's an embarrassment. I don't think that that's something, you know, an egomaniac takes kindly. Oh, you Um, think that he's doing this so that he can fire her? Exactly. Oh, interesting. That's what I think. 
Yeah. Because I saw I this think, and I, I thought this is, his, this is his out. I saw this and thought, oh, this is so on brand that this, something like this will come out and he'll ignore it because he feels like someone's checking his power. But what's interesting about this this special counsel is that this is a Trump appointed special counsel. So I could totally see that perspective. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So so this is this is good for him. I, this is good for him. Wait, I wonder. So but, okay, but I'm I'm unclear. So Kellyanne Conway has been basically endorsing President Donald Trump this whole time, but her husband is the opposite. Oh, her husband has been going I, in yeah, on Twitter. Right. So I was reading all about that stuff too. So then, you are you saying then that the president would get Kellyanne Conway out just because her husband is problematic? Absolutely. Sure. Why not? Yeah, you never I, know. Yeah. I could totally see him doing that. It, it, it's a great excuse for why Kellyanne needs to go, um, because George has been he has been going against the president really hard for a long time. And so this and the question has always been like, what what is the breaking point? At what point do they stop this? Um, and this seems like a, a good way to be able to get her out. I never I didn't think about it from that perspective. So and I appreciate let's, that. Uh, let, let's let's put some Shakespeare in there as well. Oh, uh, hell hath no fury like a woman's scorn. Imagine if he had just come out of nowhere and just fired her. But that could have done. Now it's perfect. Now, even when she, even when he fires her, she can always go on interviews and say, oh, you know, the president was doing his job. He had to do it. I understand. I still endorse him and his policies and his administration. So this what? Perfect. So or actually, she could go classic crazy white lady well, and just completely mm-hmm. flip. You can say that. I can't. So <laughs> actually, what I think is interesting here is that what they I would tore ex- us apart. What what I would expect to happen here, um, from this perspective, actually, is he will fire her and then she will immediately go and start working on his campaign. Um, and uh. and have a, a position there because that's what they've done with people in the past when they fired other people from the administration that they liked they put them on the campaign and they kind of have had them on a retainer to be able to pay them um, to basically not go against them because what he would not want is Kelly Anna Conway as an adversary right well what I've won, well, one of, sorry, go sorry go ahead I was going to say let's look at the past you also have to look at this is exactly what Steve Bannon did this is yep. why he left the administration yeah you're absolutely right. What would happen if if he doesn't fire her? Is that it? Is it done, or does it go anywhere else beyond that? Uh, it, it it wouldn't look good. It wouldn't look good for a sitting president, you know, not to take some sort of action against an employee that the Office of Special Counsel is saying has committed crimes. But that also would require Donald Trump to have like any kind of ethics or you know moral compass. Yesterday, he was in the White House saying that he would take. You know, right. take opposition foreign research from a foreign from a foreign adversary. So this is child's play. Like, oh, she endorsed a candidate. Big deal. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. David Hackenfar, thank you so much for joining us. I always appreciate your perspective. And always, um, guys, I miss you. I, I miss you too. We'll, we will have to have you again soon. So thank you so much. Hope you guys had a great pride. We thank did. You, thank yes. you so much, and we wish that for you as well. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we've got more of this breaking news that came out of uh, this George Stephanopoulos interview with ABC News last night. Donald Trump talking about. His polling and why he's failing, and uh, the moment that I didn't hate Donald Trump. All that's coming up next, right here on Drop the Subject on the new channel Q on your radio and radio.com. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. 
Uh, that was a lot of uh, gyration and uh, just like a long, a sustained, you know, shoulder shake for a little while there. From who? From the end of that song. Oh, yeah. Kind of yeah. like, you just hang out in that beat for a little while. Just like, <laughs> get like, it. It's not done yet? Exactly. It's not done yet. No, no, no. We got a little bit more. You keep little, going. You I got another eight shimmy. counts. <laughs> just like, uh, welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jared Hill. That's Allie Johnson. We are jumping into these politics stories of the things that are happening that are kind of like, Cascading Last night, uh, there was a lot of breaking news coming out of an interview that George Stephanopoulos from ABC News did with the president. He spent 48 hours with the president, which has got to be a torturous uh, <laughs> time. But he, he followed him from Washington, D.C., out to Iowa and then back again. Um, he's on Air Force One with the president. He's in the back of the beast, that limo um, that the president has. Uh, he's in the Oval Office. I just I can't Wait, imagine the beast. The limo is called the beast. Yeah. It's a big. It's what? a well because it's like a military military limo. Like it looks like a regular. Does regular everybody car. call it that, or was that just a Trump that's thing? That's been the name of it for really? decades. Really yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I that's what they've called it for a long time. So I don't. Um, so yeah. I <laughs> okay. A, a peek behind the curtain. Justin just hit, held up a sign to me. I was like, I don't know what that says. <laughs> Well, we have, you know, what, what's great about uh, radio is that the, behind the scenes, everything works with just tiny or dry erase boards. That's what makes everything go round. Every single message that people need to write to people is just written on tiny uh, dry erase boards. And if you don't, if you, I mean, it's very tiny, so you can't yeah. usually write more than two or three words. And then we are uh, reading these while we are while talking, we're talking to you. Yes. Yeah, so we're trying to stay present and in the conversation. You know what? And everyone's though? working hard trying to make everything work. I'm going to use this distraction as a sidebar just to say that uh, if Kellyanne Conway is fired, I actually think this could be a great thing for her career because then they could reboot Tales from the Crypt. When I tell you the Crypt Keeper would be in trouble. Could you imagine her with that little like white wispy hair being like, welcome. You said that, not me. Um, (laughs) I might have thought it. Anyway, so uh, Justin was asking me if I wanted to use clip B or clip C. We're going to go to clip B. Um, So uh, this is Donald Trump was talking about uh, his son testifying before Congress. Here's what he said. Your son, Don Jr., is up before the Senate Intelligence Committee today. And again, he was not charged with anything. In retrospect, though, By the way, not only wasn't he charged, if you read it, with all of the horrible fake news. I mean, I was reading that my son was going to go to jail. This is a good young man, that he was going to go to jail. In June of 2016, just months before the election, Don Jr. received an email from a business associate promising dirt on Hillary Clinton from the Russian government. Don Jr.'s response, if it's what you say, I love it. The conversation led to a meeting in Trump Tower that included the president's son, his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, and a Russian lawyer. Don Jr. insists nothing came of it. And special counsel Robert Mueller concluded there was not enough evidence to charge a conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russia. So, first things first, first of all, Allie loved uh, Donald (laughs) Donald Trump during his emails there. I just, yeah, I love the, I love the quotes. He's so quotable. He's, Donald Trump Jr. is a piece of work. Um, So, the thing that, that always makes me cringe first is Donald Trump always references Donald Trump Jr. as a young man. And I think it's important for people to recognize Donald Trump Jr. is 41 years old and has five children and an ex-wife. Like, he's not a boy. You Why know what does I mean? he have five children? That's too many. He, I what? don't trust anyone who has five children. Granted, my grandparents both had five children, but still, that was like in the 50s. But you never I don't really, think any you modern really person... like them anyway. Yeah. I just think that if you meet somebody now who's like, I have five or six kids, aren't you a little bit like, what is wrong with you? Well, I have a friend who has six or seven kids with her husband, and I'm just seven. like, I'm like, girl, stop 
She probably doesn't even know if it's six or seven. I I can't remember. But like they love it. They've they've always had big families and like they wanted to have a big family. And so, I mean, if you can afford it and you can get your life turn up. I do. I do think that if Don Jr. were to go to jail, he would not be a popular prison mate. It depends on where he goes to prison. Yeah, I think that he'd be somebody who would definitely be somebody's bitch. I don't think that he would... You know what I mean? The idea of a Trump bitch is just awesome. That's, um, that would be everybody that, else in prison's well, number one yeah, <laughs> like you priority. Raise a, you raise a valid point. Um, the, I, I raise this point because this is something that the criminal justice system does all the time to white men. Like We make white men younger and more innocent, but we make black children older and more guilty. Oh. Um, and I mean, it's you can't ignore that when we have the Central Park Five story out, mm. the Exonerated Five, um, from when they see us. Like Donald Trump was asking for bringing back the death penalty to kill these young boys that were 13, 14, 15, 16. Um, And he talks about his son as a young man who's 41 years old, has an ex-wife and five children. Right. And probably a lot of secrets that he has not revealed. Yeah, I just want to make sure that we're we're clear on like the disparity that happens there. Um, Mm. So that part always makes me my, my skin crawl a little bit. Um, Emmy, let's do clip C, where George Stephanopoulos asked Donald Trump about these polls that have come out. And um, we talked about the head-to-head polls uh, a couple days ago where he was, you know, run up against dem- different Democrats. Uh, here's what George Stephanopoulos had to say. Why does it bother you so much? Uh, because <laughs> it's untrue. I like the truth. You know, I'm actually a very honest guy. If I thought they were correct, I wouldn't be complaining at all. I understand. So just before this moment in the clip, uh, George Stephanopoulos says to him, well, you know, there are all these polls that say that you're you're failing um, in 17. I think it was 17 different states. And he says to him, you know, well, those polls are wrong. It's like, well, well, we've got all this reporting saying like you had internal polls done that say like you're losing in all of these different places. He's like, well, those polls are wrong. They don't exist. (laughs) And you can't argue with crazy when they're like, wrong, wrong, wrong. You're dummy. You're dumb. Everything's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, And and, uh, I I have noticed that with pathological liars or people who lie frequently, Mm. they always like to say, uh, you know, I'm a very honest person or, you know, this is a true story. And he said it so thoroughly. You know, I'm actually a very honest guy. Right. Actually is the is the operative word in there. Like surprise, surprise. It's like because they're trying to convince everybody that they're not a liar. Yeah. That's what they're doing. I mean, Donald Trump, I could, you know. I'm telling you, the crazy pathological lady that works at my gym, she always says true story before she tells a totally fabricated story. A totally fabricated story. She goes, by the way, true story. I'm like, why do you need to point that out? Oh, that's that's translation for I'm about to lie. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's news it or lose it reversed. I've got the headlines. Allie gets the voting. You get the news. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. I think about a concrete heart and I'm like, geez, that's got to be really difficult on your arteries. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean. Especially, I mean, that that person definitely needs a pacemaker. Or something. I I mean, you got to, I can imagine open heart surgery has got to be really difficult with just a scalpel. (laughs) And they're saying it's with a heavy heart all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's with a literally heavy heart. It's so heavy. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jared Hill. That's Allie Johnson. We are talking about, um, I don't know if you guys heard, but Donald Trump is the president of the United States right now right um that's the thing that happened in this country so usually donald trump gives us plenty of reasons to hate him um i i always say i'm a journalist but i'm an unapologetic liberal and i lastly 
there was a clip this morning that came from him where George Stephanopoulos was kind of surprised that Donald Trump was um, showing him these images of the new Air Force One. To be clear, Air Force One was due for a revamp, and the president always get the president at the time gets to choose uh, Air Force One, but he does not get to choose it for himself. So this new Air Force One will not be uh, in pr- it will not be in use until 2024. So even if Donald Trump gets reelected, he won't be able to use it. What happens with the old Air Force Ones? Um, I don't know what happens with the old Air Force One. That's a I want to go in one. It's been well, actually, to be fair, uh, one of the old Air Force Ones, actually, I think the most recent Air Force One that is out of production is here in in um, Southern California in Simi Valley at Ronald Reagan's Presidential Library. Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay, so, so I can look. I don't at know it. what will happen with because there's like. I think there's like two or three of the planes uh, that are all Air Force One the moment the president steps onto it. Um, but I don't know what will happen with the current th- two or three that we have right now. So that's a good uh, question. They'll probably go to some presidential library. <laughs> we should just, I mean, well, so. Here's oh, no, what, it disappeared. Oh, no, it's Where gone. did it go? The black box is missing. Uh, um, so uh, there's a clip from George Stephanopoulos. It's the, let's take the last one, Emmy. Yeah. We had the chance to fly with the president on board the world's most famous plane, Air Force One. He went to the bathroom. Then at the White House, a surprise from the president: the first look at an updated aircraft, a new look for Air Force One that he designed himself. Here's your new Air Force One, and I'm doing that for other presidents, not for me. (laughs) It's scheduled to arrive in 2024. The exterior getting a makeover with a new red, white, and blue paint scheme. A departure from the iconic blue and white. The current 4,000 so, square foot uh, plane. So the new airplane will, like, the How Air much Force, money did this cost? It cost $3.8 billion. To get a new damn plane when to we get, already have to, one that works? No, no, no. To get three new ones that that we have to replace. The current one is like 30 years old, okay. so we have to get a new okay. one. Okay, all right, okay. All <laughs> Take right. a breath. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yes, it, but like uh, Donald Trump like argued with the people from Boeing and got the price down by $1.3 billion or some crap. Um, but the new plane, the old planes have always been light blue on the bottom and white on the top, and now they're going to be like dark blue with red stripe across all the right, middle well, or whatever. Right. If I were the next president, I would... Just have it repainted like the old one, just because I don't want any remnants of the Trump administration. Moving on. Okay. Um, so, but in the video, he was like very happy about his plane. George Stephanopoulos had this joke that he cracked with him um, about about it, whether or not it had a pod, like in the movie Air Force One. And ah. so uh, they joked about that. And well, you know. I would like to know just about what kind of an airline passenger the president is. Probably a terror. Uh, well, I guess you probably couldn't call him a terrorist, but he's probably a terror to work for. Right. Well, I mean, just I think about how. Annoying people can be on planes and I definitely think he'd be one of those people who would take his shoes off Mm. in the airplane and just be like I gotta stretch out my feet you know and you're like oh god please keep your shoes on this is disgusting Donald Trump is probably that person who's always a jerk to the the server on the first day and like major red flag right off the gate yeah okay he wants like four beverages at once exactly exactly and he he's going to tell the chef how to make his meal yeah. like oh actually oh. can he drop the garlic and add in spinach because you know the last time I was like shut yeah. up can you make my eggs more like a McDonald's cheeseburger <laughs> thank you can I have my steak well done with ketchup because that's Ew. literally what he does no that's really alright yeah. I think that's a, sa- a sign of psych- psychosis yes well done with ketchup alright let's move on We've 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 deep dived into the politics here it's time for what we like to call news it or lose it I need a breath. (laughs) Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. 
All right, so normally Allie runs News It or Lose It, and I have to vote on the stories that we're going to do, but we're going to flip the table this time, and Allie's going to do hers a little bit later, but I'm going to do mine this time. Mm-hmm. I, I warned you in the break that like our News It, our news it or Lose It's are... are usually pretty different but I feel like I did something a little bit nerdy in this one that I thought was kind of fun but you might think it's totally whack okay so we'll, well I will decide whether we use it or lose it yes okay so the first one um, there's a word in here that I can't say on the radio but John Cena chats about accidental um, shwing oh uh, during wrestling matches Oh, all right. I would like to news that. I'm glad that Shawing landed because I wasn't sure if people would know what I was talking mm-hmm, about. Okay, mm-hmm. so his we're accidental gonna... excitement during yes, matches in his speedo. Yeah, you. Well, I always like to talk. I mean, we're going to do gay sports highlights. You know, much later in today's show. But yeah. I always, you know, me. I like to watch sports highlights and then be like, this is way gayer than everyone thinks it is. Exactly. So I, I always like to talk about those stories. I saw that and I thought, oh, Ali, I love that. Okay, uh, number two. Strippers turn to old school union tactics to fight for fair wages. Oh, man, you're really tugging on my heartstrings here. <laughs> Strippers and wrestling? Mm, but I and don't know unionizing? Yeah. And union, <laughs> union conversations? Shh. I'm going to lose it. Okay. All right. That was a hard one, huh? Yeah. Well, because I, I it's that thing where I don't know what's to come, so I don't want to like news it and then not be able to news other things. Okay. Uh, Ariana Grande donates oh. her George. See, you did it to yourself. <laughs> See, I know how to... I, I, I'm figuring out how to stack these. Uh, okay. Ariana Grande donates, donates Georgia concert proceeds to a special organization. Okay. Yeah. I saw this one. I want to lose it. Okay. <laughs> I saw this and I thought about you in the goddess moon circle. Oh, yay. Um, undoing whiteness yoga class aims to dismantle white supremacy. Wow, yes. News, news, what? please. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I saw the headline. I was like, I'm not even going to click into this. I'm just going to put it in here. Okay. Lastly, this is my nerding. Um, every day I get the dictionary word of the day and I saw this word and I was like, what does that even mean? Oh, that can be in my news it or lose it. So, well, we can look at what the definition of Dictionary.com's word of the day, Lulu. Like Lululemon? I don't know. How do you spell it? Lulu, like a like a bathroom? It's Lulu? L-U-L-U. Lulu. Lululemon. It's the, it's, yeah. That also means white supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to news that. I'm going to news that. I want to know more. All right, so we're going to, so do you want to take your stripper story back? Because I know Wait, you wanted that. Uh, well, if we have time. Okay. Why don't we do that as an elective if we have time? Because, okay. So we're going to cover uh, wrestling, right? We're going to talk about John Cena and I, accidental shawing during wrestling matches. Okay, and then yoga and yoga pants. Yeah, undoing whiteness yoga class aims to dismantle <laughs> the white supremacy. And the dictionary.com word of the day is Lulu. And if we have time, strippers are turning to old school union tactics to fight their fight for fair strippers wages. Strippers are going old school. They're I unionizing. It. It's important. It is important. All that's coming up next right here on Drop the Subject in our next hour. You're listening to Drop the Subject with Jared and Allie on Channel Q on your radio and radio.com. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. Well, that was some fresh tunes for you. Fresh tunes. These are some fresh tunes. In honor of Pride Month, uh, that was the new song I Rise by Madonna and and, uh, Tracy Young. She did a remix of that song, and it's a great one. Of course, this is... uh, 
in honor of Pride Month and the release of Madame X, which is Madonna's new album. It's dropping tomorrow. Uh, so we're going to be playing that song here on Channel Q every hour on the hour. It is the new LGBTQ plus anthem for the ages. Yes, the radio gives you traffic and weather on the sevens and Madonna at the top of the hour. So. <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah, so and we'll get back to your regularly scheduled Madonna <laughs> after this. After this news. All right. So it's time for news it or lose it. I was, I was, trying, to, I was, I was trying to give her a little bit more time. <laughs> Drop the subject presents news it or lose it. News it or lose it, where we give out headlines, the other person votes, and um, Allie has decided to news three and a half of the five stories, Mm -hmm, mm because we have an elective in here. I'm soft committing to the stripper story. Yes, (laughs) soft committing to the stripper. You know what? I'm not touching that. Um, (laughs) So the first story uh, comes from Huffington Post's David Moya. So... John Cena was on Watch What Happens Live with Andrew with Andy Cohen, um, who asked him a question that came in from a viewer, and he asked, you know, have you what do you do if or have you ever had an accidental chub shewing mm-hmm. chub um, chode uh, happen? He's like, and what chode. do you do? Here is how John Cena responded. <laughs> something the body does. You just ignore it. Really? Come on. Just ignore it. That's what the body does. Can't be blamed for that. Martha yeah. D texted Laura. What, so, did, what did you think of So her? he just kind of was like, he didn't say it doesn't happen. He was like, you just ignore it. Just, it's what the body does? Well, the body, like, I mean, I... <laughs> well, so actually he's not, like, wrong. Like, I mean, it's friction and, like, you know, bumping up against it a bunch probably would make that happen. It just excites, you're just, like, poking the sleeping giant a little bit. Okay. I would so, not, we don't know how giant it is, but <laughs> that's true. definitely sleeping. Um, but, I mean, if, if I mean, you know, obviously you have one of these and I don't, so you would know better. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. Where's this going? When you... <laughs> When you are, like, I've heard of this happening on planes, when you're landing on a plane that this Mm -hmm. happens. I've heard in other situations where it's just... Have you not heard that? I have never heard or experienced oh, that. Oh, I've, I've talked to Kevin Klein about this multiple times. I don't think that it's... I think the only time that it's happened to him is when he accidentally took Viagra on a plane. Okay, but, well, that's a different situation. Uh, which, yeah, which was a different situation. But there are many men who have that, where for some reason they get excited at the end of a plane ride and there's something about the altitude shift well, or whatever it is I mean, that like increases the blood flow. It's and ultimately then, just a rush of blood. So like, you know, yeah. when your, your blood is pumping sometimes, you know well I think that men should be more outspoken about this because yes it does happen and I don't think it's a bad thing I don't think it makes you gay obviously but like in in football they're rubbing up against each other all the time the guy who's spiking the ball the quarterback has like his hands basically on his ass like like pressed up against him oh we know you know when the, before the hut we so know. that guy just must have a constant excitement the entire game. Okay, probably not. <laughs> I th- I mean, to have the somebody's center, hands yeah. on you, I mean, even I mean, if his hands some... aren't on his butt. He's like no, underneath him. No, they are, him. Jared. They're touching his butt. Trust me, if I, if the quarterback was touching the guy's butt, I would know it. I will show you pictures. I would have they it framed have, on my wall. They have their hands like, like underneath. pressed underneath their, yes, in I, the shaft area. Listen. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's true. I don't know why now I'm hearing the theme song from Shaft. Okay, moving on. Uh, so there's a story that... 
It's it, okay that because they need to know that like I'm here. I'm I'm back I'm here. here. Okay, I'm here for you. I'm passing. You're safe beneath you're, me. You're, you're safe. Just listen to my hut. So okay, this next story: <laughs> undoing whiteness yoga class aims to dismantle white supremacy. I want to show you the photo of this lady. I'm like. Oh, I could totally see this being the lady doing this. Oh, yeah. that is that woman a lesbian? I don't know, but she has the haircut, so yep. I don't know. <laughs> she she has definitely... the haircut and the glasses and the I want to speak to a manager voice. <laughs> she has the I want to speak to a manager haircut for sure. Yeah, and the matching sweater. Um, so this story comes from the New York Post's Lucas uh, Michelionis. I hope I said that right, Lucas. Uh, the story says, a white Seattle... <laughs> I love that he says white right off the top. A white Seattle yoga instructor is holding a class geared exclusively toward white people uh, to teach how white supremacy <laughs> AKA is prevalent. every other yoga class. Well, right. Um, to, okay. A white Seattle yoga instructor is holding a class geared exclusively towards white people te- to teach them how white supremacy is prevalent in their body, mind, and heart. Interesting. Laura Humph, a 39-year-old yoga teacher since 2004, publicized an undoing whiteness yoga class this spring in which white people would listen to unpack the harmful ways white supremacy is embedded in society and how they can continue to perpetuate it. Okay, see, this is now where I have a question for you, because doesn't that piss you off that the white lady is the one who's like, guys, I'm going to teach you all about... White supremacy no, and undoing. Perfect. Oh, really? Yes. Because white people, okay. white people need to teach white people about this, not black people. Okay. Because yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like a little bit. Of course, she's doing something that needs to be talked about, that needs to be done. Sure. But I think that what irritates me about not not even about this story specifically, but the the fact of people who get offended on behalf of other people. Oh, well, so this is like whenever I hear conversations about homophobia, it's like this conversation isn't for gay people, it's for straight people. Or if I hear conversations about sexism, I'm like, women don't need to know about sexism, men do. Mm -hmm. So kind of the same thing here for me is like when it's about racism, it's like, yeah, black people or brown people or, you know, people of color in general, we know about racism. We we live it and experience it every day. White people need to be talking to white people about racism. And so I think that this is a situation where I'm not, I, I mean, it's, it's weird, but like right. I don't. I I'm happy that she's doing this. I hope it works. This I don't know what it, what it is. It's not as weird as goat yoga, though. It's not as weird as goat yoga. You, <laughs> you raise a good mean? point. <laughs> it's true. I literally heard you say in my mind something about goat yogurt, and I was like, "What is goat yogurt? <laughs> you haven't had goat yogurt? <laughs> Are you telling me you haven't had it? You know what? I'm telling you, I have not had goat 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 yogurt. Goat yogurt. I I do think that I'm joking now, but that will exist. In I'm the sure there's a goat's milk yogurt yes. somewhere. Yeah, because there's already sorbet. I mean, everyone tries to do dairy free desserts and things like that. So I'm gonna, vegan yogurt. I'm sure there's going to be. Well, I guess goats aren't vegan. Emmy, Emmy, Google goat yogurt, and after this next story, we'll see if that's a thing. Okay. Okay. So the dictionary.com word of the day is Lulu. What do you think it means? L U L U. It's a noun. It's a noun. It's a person, place, or thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hold on. We do have goat yogurt, but this is actually cups of yogurt. Oh, this yeah. This is like Greek yogurt style. It's not frozen yogurt. It is goat milk yogurt at its most authentic form. Fresh, oh, velvety, God. lightly tart, and a clean finish. Oh, Lord. Is um, it a glass of wine? Like, what are you Plain goat milk yogurt from Redwood Hill Farm. Interesting. Okay. They also have just goat milk kefir. What the hell is that? Oh, goat Lord. cream? I'm goat exhausted. cottage cheese? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that goats are basically turning into like the alternative of cows. Yeah, their 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 milk is good. It's the same way that cashews are turning into the really new good. cheese. Okay, let's. Well, I'm going to stop this right there because cashews, cashew cheese, just no. No. 
It cashew cheese no, no, does I know. not work. No, I know it's a thing, but I'm just I, hard pass. Goat okay. cheese, though, in general, great, delicious, delicious. Yeah, um, and always has been, not just for the vegans. No, well, vegans wouldn't. That's eat goat I know. That's either. what I'm. I don't yeah. understand veganism. Um, okay, so, <laughs> I'm like it's not cows, it's goats. It's okay, goat. it's vegan. <laughs> it's a different animal. Okay, so Lulu, what do you think Lulu means? Uh, okay, I, I Lulu wouldn't have guessed is a noun. That's so Lulu. That is um, my Lulu caught on fire. I, I will give you my... the, sen- the word in a sentence. Okay, please. Um, it says, how is Lulu used? Marty loved to point out any big or little step and say to her, watch out, it's a Lulu. I don't know what that meant at all. Uh, and Why then does the he other have one... to be telling her that? Why can't... I don't know. Oh, it's sexist. <laughs> uh, and then the other example is, I started to work at The Knot, which was a Lulu. I think this was like a... Um, I started to work at The Knot? K-N-O-T. Like the wedding website? I don't know what that means. It was a Lulu. Was a, a trap? L- is it a trap? No, and I don't even understand... A pothole. What? <laughs> a pyramid scheme. A pyramid scheme, yeah. A pyramid scheme. A pyramid scheme. Yes. <laughs> Bernie Madoff is, is a Lulu. Uh, actually, Bernie Madoff would be the opposite of a Lulu. Apparently, a Lulu is any remarkable or outstanding person or thing. Okay, then now those sentences make zero sense. Exactly, that's really weird. I don't watch even know what that means. Watch out for that Lulu. Watch out for that amazing. It's an adjective. Remarkable. It's, it's, it's a noun. Um, what is the? Give me the definition again. Any remarkable or outstanding person or thing. His black eye is a Lulu. Why would that be good? Oh, like a shiner. I guess. Like would, actually outstanding. Like, like oh my god, to, that's really eye catching. I'm trying to replace Lulu with the definition. His. His black eye is a remarkable or outstanding thing. Like, so no, it's that's black not cool. eye lemon. That's crazy. All right, let me give you your stripper story since we have like I've one minute left. I've never been more confused. Same. I usually get these. That one didn't get it. Lulu. Uh, okay, so strippers are turning to old school union tactics to fight for fair wages. The story comes from the Huffington Post and Sasha Cohen, uh, a guest writer over there. So it says Sarah. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Actually, you know what? Let's take a break. When we come back, I'll explain that story and okay. then it's going to be a real Lulu. It's. <laughs> Hopefully, I guess. Is that how we use it? it's going to be a worm. I don't even know what that word means. Lulu is the dictionary.com word of the day. Uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll tell you about strippers turning to old school union tactics to fight for their fair wages. Damn it. Fight, ladies. <laughs> Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. As I've told you before, I walk around the house just saying, yeah, yeah, e, punctuating, like, punctuating thoughts like, hey, good morning, yeah, yeah, e. Just, you know, just cause. Okay. I think people should start answering the phone like that instead of saying hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah, e. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is this the head of the household? Uh, yeah, yeah, e. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so we're getting back into News It or Lose It, the story that was your elective. Um, I was just like going through the story and it's really, really wild. So I'm going to read this first paragraph of the story because it really lays out this story in a way that I feel like we need to have these people on the show in the future. I would, I welcome the opportunity to have anybody who is a stripper, a sex worker, anybody who is in that industry, because there are a lot of people who want to be in that industry and actually enjoy that work, that line of work. Absolutely. And I celebrate that and I'm always interested to find out why, but I would like to, I would like to have a stripper on, no problem. So uh, Sasha Cohen from the Huffington Post uh, wrote this story. This is how it begins. And this is not Sasha Baron Cohen. Not Sasha Baron Cohen. Okay. 
Sarah is required to pay the Fernando Valley Strip Club where she works $90 every night that she dances. Just take that in first. $90. Sarah is required to pay the San Fernando Valley uh, Strip Club where she works $90 every night that she dances. In San Fernando Valley. The managers call it a, quote, drink incentive. And at the end of the night, she gets $72 of the fee back, which is her minimum wage, for the six-hour shift minus taxes. In other words, the California-based club makes Sarah and her co-workers pay their own hourly minimum wage, so they're working at a loss from the moment they walk in the door. On top of this, Sarah is expected to tip out the DJ and give a portion of her private lap dance fees back to the house. She goes home with whatever she earns from customers after all of these costs. Where was this world problem on the SATs? <laughs> this is crazy. This is wild. Cindy and with so, an I has $72. She gives it to Sam, the bouncer. You're going to confuse everyone. <laughs> So but you have to a, pay the DJ. The DJ is doing nothing. Right. He's just like, and everybody welcome Sarah. It says Sarah. versions of this payment structure exist in clubs around the state. Ironically, it's a product of what should be a positive change in the industry thanks to a recent court ruling. Exotic dancers in California are now recognized as employees entitled to minimum wage um, and labor protections. But as a result, club owners are devising devious new ways to profit off their work in a business where performers are subject to discrimination, harassment, and persistent stigma and at a time when many are already struggling to earn a living um, a group of strippers is fighting back okay but then why do I always hear about people who are stripping to put themselves through college because the way that you're describing it makes it seem like it's like oh these strippers aren't getting what they deserve which they're not but then if it's also like you're making a lot of money in order to get yourself through school well different states have different laws so she's talking about here in California the way that this is and like this is a loophole that the club owners have been using with this drink incentive and so it's basically like costing these these women or I guess predominantly women but probably some men as well um, costing them money and they're losing out on money and like I mean and some strippers do make a lot of money but like if I mean every stripper is not making you know guap every night so like no. the idea that some of these people that are, are you know in areas that are not very busy that you know you get what you you get what comes in that night no I've definitely been to a strip club on a Tuesday like a daytime yeah. and the, the lineup is I mean it's definitely the Tuesday daytime lineup <laughs> they're not they're not I mean they're able to do a couple of tricks you know to be like wow but I mean the really really good ones you're like wow I understand why they're making a lot of money because I not like I'm like oh I'm so turned on by like her shaking her ass or anything like that I'm like that just looks difficult like well, it looks it amazing that she's it, it takes a lot of core strength to be able to get your whole body up on that pole including like inverting yourself to be upside down in giant platform heels well the other thing that's that is I guess excuse a little bit political about the story is the fact that like when you're looking at these kinds of laws and regulations that impact these kinds of work, these kinds of workers um, that are, you know, sex work or sex work adjacent or strippers, um, they are looked at as being the bottom of the barrel and like no one wants to defend them and, you know, take up their cause. So, yeah, but then what they're doing is difficult as well. And if they're going, I mean, if they're doing it, it's not 
all fun and games. Obviously, we all yeah. know that. So they should be getting what they deserve. And the, the fact that just because this bouncer, whoever, or the club owner, whoever, is getting them a stage, that's the whole reason that people are in there is to see the ladies, yeah. right? Nobody would, there would be no drink incentive if there wasn't ladies. So the fact that they have to put up their their own money just to give men incentive to get in there and drink. Yeah, independent contractor rules are really stupid in a lot of places. Um, okay, so that is that story. We're going to work on having someone on from this show, yeah. from this um, story for the, a future show. Yeah, if you are a, a stripper, or a, maybe you were a stripper, and you're listening to this right now, give us a call, because we would love to talk to you. 833-77-CALL-Q. I would love to have a conversation about how people got into it, how people got out of it, what it's like. Uh, you know, there are some people that are very straight edge that, that go through, uh, you know, they're working in the clubs and stuff, and they don't want to, you know, but they're surrounded by a lot of, like, drinking and drugs and alcohol and all that stuff. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see, like, what different people's experiences are like in that industry. So uh, we're going to make a hard left turn to you and your family. And you said that something's happening in your family that. Well, yeah. uh, Yeah. There. I mean, it's not the happiest of stories. There's something going on in my family. It got me thinking about. I don't know if you have any big family heirlooms or big family traditions that you have decided to let go of. Like if there's Mm. something that's been in your family for generations and then who makes the decision, you know what, this is more trouble than it's worth. Uh, This is kind of happening to my family right now. I think the only thing that my family isn't like really big on like a lot of traditions, but my grandparents passed away last year um, about three months apart and my my dad, my aunt, and my uncle, they decided to sell the house that my grandparents had lived in for, you know, 30, 40 years. Uh, and so that was kind of interesting to me. We had a, we'd had a family meeting beforehand about, like, what they were going to do and what was going to go where and how we were going to handle it. So when it did happen, because we knew it was coming, my, my grandparents were both ill. So, like, that happened, and we kind of knew how that was going to go. But I was still a little bit jarred by, like, how quickly everything happened. Okay, but were there some people who were like, we shouldn't sell this house? No, we everyone, keep it? everyone had agreed that they should do that. And my grandmother had said to them, like, don't, this house, like, we're not this house isn't us. Like, you don't have to hold on to this. Like, okay. But um, it, was it a house that had been in your family for a long time? Like, do you have a lot of happy memories like, there? Has I was like 30, 40 years. It's not like a family home that, you know, so-and-so had lived there before them and like, it wasn't like that. Which is actually a controversial thing kind of within like communities like w- whether or not families need to hold on to generational wealth. Okay. Well, it seems like you don't, You, I mean, your family was unanimously not sentimental about that house because yeah. I'm actually kind of in a similar situation right now. Okay. And I want to, talk about it because we have decided to let go of this property but my family is not like everyone is kind of at odds with it so I I mean we have a a house in Lake Tahoe it's in South Shore Lake Tahoe it's been it's been a cabin that's been in our family for probably 40 to 50 years my grandfather and my great-grandfather built it they built Mm. it with their own two hands and it's been in our family for you know generations and now it's gotten to a point where it doesn't really make sense to keep it anymore and it is like tearing my family apart really yeah I mean it's becoming I mean it's been a topic of conversation for a few I mean it's been on and off for a, a couple of years we've been talking about this but they really just started having more serious talk about it uh, through the last few months and then we just put it up for sale and actually I'm going there tomorrow tomorrow it's going to be my last weekend in in a house that I've been at probably every winter and summer for my whole life did it sell already 
Well, we can we can talk about that. Okay. So we, it's only been on the market for two days. Jeez Louise. And okay. it's probably, yeah. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll dig more into this story and get your calls if you guys have uh, some perspective on, on you know, difficult family situations like this. Uh, we'll take a quick break. You're listening to Drop the Subject with Jared and Allie on the new channel Q on your radio and radio.com. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Jared and Allie. I'm Jared Hill. That's Allie Johnson. Um, if you don't follow us on the social needs, you should. Um, Allie Johnson's at your Allie Johnson on the Twitter and on the Instagram. I am. And I'm at Jared Hill, uh, two R's and two T's, uh, on, the, in, on the Instagram and on the Twitter machine. Do you have another Twitter handle that you never use that you still have? I still have. Like from back in the day? Yeah. Like, no. Oh, okay. I well, still have Allison Johnson one two three four. Oh Jesus! It's like yeah, it's a very old account that yeah. I never and and I think the only things I get posted on there is because it's still linked to my Instagram. Oh, okay. So it'll be like check out this thing I just put on Instagram. Nice. And I think I have like a hundred followers on it. So if I, you want to follow Allison Johnson one two, two three, three four, four, you go ahead. You can follow this show at DTS Show on Twitter and Instagram, and also Channel Q at We Are Channel Q on all the social medias. I used to have a burner Twitter where I used to just like say all kinds of stuff that I would never be able to get away with if I really decided to run for office one day. Oh, okay. Um, I don't even think I have that anymore. But. It's just a bunch of jokes that you're not allowed to make? Oh, no. It was like me being really angry about stuff oh, or like cool. cracking bad jokes and all kinds of stuff. And like drunk tweets? <laughs> well, never. Do you drunk no. tweet? <laughs> no. <laughs> I told you, when I drink, I just get sleepy. So like yeah. me being drunk would not be like me whiling out. It'd be me asleep. <laughs> it would just be you being like, I'm tired and right. I want popcorn. It'd be me in the fetal position in my bed. I see. Waking up to seeing all my lights and TV on. Uh, well, there so. is there is some breaking news that I will share with you before we get into a uh, talking about family traditions, family heirlooms, family properties that have torn your family apart. My family's <laughs> going through a... Going through it right now to be more we're trying specific, to figure your out your family yeah right? yeah well i mean th- I, this is th- this happens to people all the time yeah, you yeah. know where people they find something that everyone's sentimental about and then people uh, have disagreements on what should be done with said item whether it's jewelry or a car or a piece of property or whatever it is and then you know a family that would otherwise get along is brought to you know, tears yeah. arguing about this kind of stuff. I just find it interesting. But first, what I find equally interesting is that Nicholas Sparks is a homophobe. <laughs> Nicholas I, Sparks. Yeah, the guy who wrote the Notebook and the Vow and all everything with Channing Tatum, pretty much, and uh, Rachel McAdams. All of the gay, the gay uh, canon of like of films. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, phase. I mean, the gays love his movies. I will say. And so, what happened? So, Nicholas Sparks tried to prevent a gay club from uh hold on let me just click on the story he tried to ban an lgbt club at his christian school and curbed student protests nicholas sparks is a dude yeah you're a douche dude (laughs) uh somebody said though actually one of my favorite headlines for this is nicholas sparks believe marriage is between one teenage man and one teenage woman who is dying (laughs) (laughs) so uh there you go if you're gonna direct any hate towards anybody today besides president donald trump you can just go ahead and throw if you have any left just throw some nicholas sparks way Uh, (laughs) okay tomorrow i am driving up to Lake Tahoe. It's a mm-hmm. place that I go, I've go. i gone to regularly in my childhood, being from the Bay Area. We would go there every summer. We would go there almost every winter. I learned to ride a bike on the street right in front of our family cabin. I, uh, I, 
I had many firsts there. I, I think that I saw my first fireworks show there. I mean, lots of wonderful family memories, right? Mm-hmm. My uh, first time I ever went sledding. I mean, just so many wonderful memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time I got good at coloring. Like first time I watched Hocus Pocus, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so this cabin was built by my grandfather and my great grandfather. They bought a uh, they bought a property that's on South Shore. They started building it. It's a beautiful wooden cabin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the furniture is all everything is old at old. this point. I mean, it's like the same stuff that's been in there for years. There's like 17 decks of cards up there because people are like, oh, let's go bring a deck of cards. You never know. And then now there's like so many decks of cards there. And then like one weird, like mispieced game of Monopoly or of whatever, course. you know. Underneath uh, the couch. Yeah, it's underneath like a the couch. Yeah, where <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's such a wonderful place. Anyway, my family, my all my aunts and uncles have owned it equally because my grandparents, when they died, they left it to their kids and also my grandpa's sister. Mm-hmm. So all of all of my aunts and uncles plus my grandpa's sister own this cabin. Now, you know, people live in different places now. Not everyone lives in the Bay Area, so it's a little. Not everybody goes to the cabin it's on not a regular as basis. To everyone, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now, two of the people that are in this group want to leave. They don't want to own part of the cabin anymore. They're like, we want out. But in order for my family to keep the cabin, they would have to buy those people out mm-hmm. of their share, which would cost th- way too much money. Mm-hmm. There's just no way that we would be able to do that. So I'm like, can we start a GoFundMe? Can we get other people together? Like, what about the next generation? Can we, can, like, there's not enough kids. Like, there's not a lot of us, but, like, maybe we can take out a loan. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if I took out a loan, I don't. I, I can't go in debt off our cabin that now I, I, I probably visit once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. But how much does sentimentality outweigh the practicality? Um... <sighs> Emmy's giving us the finger, because um, <laughs> she's got such a bad attitude. I'm like, how can you give me the finger no. <laughs> at a time like this? I'm emotional. <laughs> okay, so how much does sentimentality weigh over practicality is the question. We will answer when we come back. You're listening to Drop the Subject with Jared and Allie, and give us your calls also. Uh, you can give us, a, give us a phone call to let us know what you think about this story or, or how you've dealt with this. We're coming right back. Don't go anywhere. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Jared and Allie. That's Allie. I'm Jared. We are picking the subject right back up. Mm-hmm. Um, you and your family have been going through some difficulty with this house that everyone, or this cabin that everyone co-owns and trying to figure out what to do with it. Now. Well, yeah. So they decided ultimately, you know what, it's too much to keep this thing and be too expensive. You know, nobody visits it anymore. Uh, the neighborhood's changing. You can't really go up on the beach and go into the water anymore. Oh, you know, if we were going to have our kids go there, maybe it wouldn't be like the sentimentality and the nostalgia that it gave us from going up there as children. So, you know, my mom and her brothers and sisters decided, why don't we sell this thing? And so I didn't even realize it, but this weekend is going to be the last weekend I will ever be at the cabin that I have, you know, been frequenting since my childhood. So it's very sad. But then my mom called me last night and she said, well, we already got an offer. 
Jesus. On the cabin. It's been two days that it's been up on the market. No, I don't even think they've barely shown it. They've probably shown it like once. And they already got offered over the asking price. And I'm like, well, okay, well, we're still going there this weekend, right? Like, what is going on? This is crazy. And so now that it's like kind of sunk in that this actually is possible and it's immediately going. I mean, if they take the offer, it would be immediate, you know, within 30 days, it'd be yeah. gone. So nobody would be able to visit it anymore. And my mom, I mean, they, she made this practical choice. Okay, it's not going to make sense for us to keep it. We should definitely sell it. I know it's sad, but, you know, we just have to do the best thing for everybody involved. And she, I've never seen her so sad. I mean, she, I was talking to her on the phone and she was just devastated. And I think it all sunk in for us. Wow. Uh, this is going to be gone from our family. And I mean, you know, my, my wife was, we were talking about it because she was like, man, we, you should always keep property. Like if you're going to keep yeah. something of your family, it should always be property. But you know, you talking about you guys selling your grandparents property and things like that. And that my, my uh, Katie's grandpa, when he died, he had a house in San Francisco that they sold. And you know, you know, in some ways you're like, man, that's a house in San Francisco. Why yeah. would you sell? Like you got to keep that. But then when does it outweigh, like when does the sentimentality outweigh the practicality of it? And when do you allow the sentimentality to kind of guide your decision making pro- in that process? See, you know? to me, I I feel like if it, the sentimentality isn't as important as like the cost benefit analysis of like, can we even afford this? Like, is it hurting us financially to keep it? Is it, you know, more work than we're able to, to do to maintain it? Right. Uh, you well, know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, if you think about small th- memorabilia things like jewelry, yeah, rings, yeah. Uh, you know, precious moments figurines, gnomes, things like that are easy to keep because you just, you know, you put them in a storage bin and then you don't think about them. But then, like, my my wife's family has these giant Italian ship-in-a-bottles that are, like, mm. extremely inconvenient. Yeah. And they've had them in storage for, like, years. The guy, like, the great-grandpa brought them from Italy, like, oh had, like on a ship or something. Like, to get rid of those would be really terrible. Yeah. But they are also, they have to rent a storage unit every single month to house these giant ship-in-a-bottles. Well, so it's like, question, when are you, like... Uh, the question, I guess, becomes, like, is it... Is it important enough to like take out a mortgage on it for yourself or Mm. for you and, you know, some of your cousins or whomever else like would want to go in on that? Is it is it important enough to invest that kind of money into it? Well, but then we're also growing up and and have things to spend money on in our own lives. Like we have to start thinking about like kids. We have to start thinking about buying our own house, which is almost impossible to do. I mean, so if you're like, the Kardashian clan, you might take your new your your kids up there to that to that cabin, you know? Like, if you guys end up having more... If you end up having children and your your cousins and stuff like that, then that's how I would weigh it. Like, is it important enough for us to, like, take out the, the expense and have the responsibility of a new mortgage? Or should we, you know, take the money and... I mean, if I crowdfunded with a bunch of other people, maybe. I mean, but how many or cousins I, do you have? I mean, not enough. Not enough to pay what we need to pay. Yeah. Uh, if I had, if I was one of those people that had like twenty different cousins, I'd be like, "All right, everyone, put in ten grand, get out a loan or whatever you need to do. Yeah. Let's make this happen. Let's keep it in the family." The only other thing that my my sister was saying is that why don't we just sell it and we'll buy it back. I was I'm thinking like, that. Buy like, it back. It's going to be worth more later. Right. Exactly. Seemingly. And I don't know what these people are going to do with it. What are they going to do? Are they going to keep it the way that it is? Or are they going to demolish it and make it a giant uh, crash pad for a bunch of wayward Airbnbers? 
wayward Airbnbers. Not there's no good Airbnbers, yeah. just the wayward ones. <laughs> yes. Okay. But we have to take a break because we have an exciting interview. Yes, we do. Up. Coming up, we have Sandra Bernhard. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but she's uh, a lesbian right. icon. <laughs> she is indeed. Very excited to talk to Sandra Bernhard coming up. She is right now on the brand new season of FX's hit show Pose uh, that debuted this week. So we're really excited to talk to her. You're not going to want to miss that. That's coming up next right here on Drop the Subject with Jared and Allie on the new Channel Q on your radio and radio.com. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. Okay, drop the subject on the new channel Q. It's Thursday. It's Double Trouble Day. We have, we're on twice the time. And uh, that was I Rise by the lovely Madonna. Her album, Madame X, drops tomorrow. And that was a special rendition with Tracy Young. It is a Pride remix. It is supposed to be the new LGBTQ plus anthem. An anthem for the ages. Is it an anthem if you just say it's an anthem? I think it is. I think that's how that works, actually. <laughs> All right. Well, we're Channel Q, so I guess we can make those decisions. <laughs> uh, I am very excited. Oh we have God, oh somebody God, oh on the phone that, uh, Jarrett, you have been excited to talk to. I have always wanted to talk to... Uh, the guests that we have. Allie. I, uh, this is a moment. It, this is a moment. This is a moment. I, it brings me great pleasure to welcome, I I, I mean, obviously a, a lesbian icon in my mind and the cameo queen, Sandra Bernhardt. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh my god! Fantastic. Gosh. Sandra Bernhardt. Do you realize? Good. Yay. Do you realize you are Sandra Bernhardt? <laughs> Well, I remind myself of it several times a day, so I, I think I'm, I'm, yeah, I think so. So, before we even get into the interview, I have to tell you, literally before we came back on the air, I called my best friend on speaker, and I was like, oh my God, we're about to interview Sandra Bernhardt, and I have to tell her that she's a part of one of my favorite moments in television history. Um, I don't know if you know this, but you were on Will and Grace a number of years ago. <laughs> yes, that's right. You heard about that? Uh-huh. Um, you have this moment where they are um, upset. They're trying to buy your apartment or they're faking like they're going to buy your apartment. Right. And they come back and they tell you that we really just wanted to meet you and we weren't really going to buy it. And you have this moment and they're like, but you said we have this spiritual connection. And you say, spiritual connection. <laughs> and like you like go off on them and like, you think I want to be friends with you two, Dharma and Greg mother. And like, it's just so funny. And it <laughs> Has no, always my, been a my, thing for my us. My really good friend Joni Marchenko, who's like wrote on that show and has written on many other shows, including the new RuPaul show, wrote that um, part for me in that episode, and she knows me really well. And matter of fact, the whole the whole premise was. Mitch Kaplan, who's my musical director, is like, he's making, like, you know, daiquiri. Yeah. So every, time, every time I swear, he pushes the blender. So, it, it, you know, it, <laughs> it's, so good. It, sen- it censors me. But now if you look at, like, a, like a, at least 10 other shows, they've done the same variation of that and totally ripped off Joni. So uh. I just want to say that was Joni's conceit, and it was brilliant. And I just, I actually was just ha- hanging out with Megan Mullally recently after one of her performances of... Um, you know, she does that, that fabulous little um, duet thing with, with this other performer. It's called Nancy and Beth. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So anyway, so we're hanging out after, and she goes, oh, I've got to come back on to um, Will and Grace. I said, I'd love to. So I came up with the idea that, you know, we're hanging out, like having lunch somewhere, and Will and Grace walk in, and, they, and they're like, oh, my God, Sandra. And, and we're like, and I don't really know who they are, and they don't realize that 
that uh, Megan and I, Karen and I, have had like an affair. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago. Now we've just become really good friends, and she's just like, "Well, it's good to see your kids." I go, "Yeah, and it's nice meeting you," because I've totally, you know, forgotten who they are. So I, I think that it. would be a perfect way of coming back. To I the show. love that yeah, idea. Yeah, definitely. So I'm, pitching, I'm pitching it on, on you know, Q, Q Radio. I, yeah. I, <laughs> well, I have a friend who's a writer. We are the be all end all. If, yeah, yeah. We, then we then the decision has been made. I have then we'll f- make the deal. We'll make it right here. Exactly. Right now. I have a friend Verbal who's a agreement. writer on the on the new version of the show, and I'm going to send this clip to her because okay. it would it would just make my whole life. Well, that's how these things get started. I mean, that's yes. how I got posed. I was on a flight from. Um, LA back to New York and um and my good friend um and I'm thinking Judith Light was mm-hmm. on the flight and yes. yeah. she was she was sitting in business and I was in, in a coach cuz I paid it wasn't a, a, a you know a, a gig I paid for it myself so on the way out we were on the L- escalators and um Stephen Canals and our lady Jay were there and they we were all talking and and then we were standing by the, the um, baggage claim, and I said to them, I said, you know, I'm a big fan of the show. If there's anything, you know, on it for me, let me know. So literally within a week, they called me, and they had created this role, Nurse Jack, uh, Nurse Judy, and they hadn't cast it yet. So um, when they went back and told Ryan Murphy about it, Ryan was like, yes. And now, fade in, fade out, not only was it a great one, one-off, now I'm a, a series regular on the new season of... Um, Pose, which of course just premiered on Tuesday night. Yes, so I, w- I was going to say for those of you that are just joining us, Sandra Bernhardt is joining us live, uh, talking about the new uh, her new role on this season two of Pose, which just debuted on Tuesday on FX and is airing Tuesday nights on FX. So uh, it's so exciting to to be chatting with you. But Ellie. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I love the idea that you are just create these opportunities for yourself. Is there any way? Well, yeah, I mean, you have to, and it, and it doesn't always pan out, but. You know, if you don't tell people you want to work and you're mm. and that you're, a, and if you don't tell them you're a fan, then you're, it's your you know shortcoming because now more than ever people just think, oh, she doesn't want to, she doesn't need to work, she doesn't, but I do need to work, I mean, I want to work, and of course, you know, you want to be working with people that are, you know, copacetic and and on the right side of everything, whether it's LGBTQ rights or women's rights or you know, trans rights or people of color. I mean, you want to work with those people who are making, breaking ground and saying important things now more than ever with this horrible, oppressive, absurd, you know, government we have that we've got to dig out of immediately. Oh, yeah. So, I, so you want to be doing work that says something, not only, you know, as an actor, but as, a, as an activist and a person. I think it's so important, too, for women to be doing that, to be creating opportunities for themselves, because it's a form of STEM stepping into their own power to be like, you know what, I should be a part of this and I deserve to be a part of this. And I think that's a beautiful thing to to that, that you do and I ha- think have been doing in your career. How often do you take social and political issues into account when you're deciding uh, on a role? I mean, either there's been a lot of talk about Netflix pulling out of filming things in, in states with abortion bans and things like that. Are those things that you look at immediately when you are being offered or considering a project? Well, I just, I mean, yes. I mean, obviously, these are really dire times we're in, so it doesn't always come into play. But I just think from a feminist perspective, there have been things that I've read that I'm like, this isn't isn't in keeping with what I believe, and it's certainly not up to date of the struggle that we've all, you know, put in over the years. So do I really want to be a part of it? I mean, I can't name anything specifically, but yeah, of course. And you're not going to be in some, like, tacky, crappy show that, like, you know, makes fun of people at the, at the expense of, you know, 
anybody who's on the margins. I mean, that's just it's just not where we're at anymore. So I think, yeah, of course, if there was something that was glaring, I would just immediately say, no, I can't be a part of this. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm trying to get a project of my own off the ground. I'm trying to create Butch Pal for the Straight Gal. It's the first all-female queer eye. And, and when somebody was reading the script, they told me, you know, I think this is just a little too gay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's always a, a laugh riot. Yeah, and I, I'm just curious as to how much you. No, it, pro- if, it probably means it's a little too too female. See, that's I what mean, I mean. Like, this I is think really, this, this is the last frontier. I mean, you can be LGBTQ, you can be black, you can be a lot of things, but the fact that we don't have a, a woman president that, that that you know Hillary Clinton did not you know take her rightfully you know appointed. <laughs> chair in, in the White House is shocking to me, and, and it was all manipulated, and, and a lot of people in this country just can't get ready for women in, in powerful positions, and that, to me, is something that I cannot believe after all the years and years of being a teenager and, you know, having come to L.A. on my own in the 70s to start my career, that we're still having this conversation is beyond the pale to me. Right. Um, Sandra, from that perspective, uh, you've done so many different things in your career. What are the things that you still like dream about being able to do, or like that you really have to feel like that you have to fight to be able to get to do? Well, you know, I mean, I, I think I think probably try to get one of my own, you know, shows on the air, which I've done tried several times, and that just hasn't come together yet. But I, I'm hoping after Pose and you know my relationship with Ryan Murphy and. You know, things just sort of opening up that I'll, I'll be able to make that happen. There's just there's really not a lot I can I can say that I'm feeling frustrated or disappointed. And now that I'm like back on television, that to me was something that was really you know um, kind of yeah it was a you know it was it was concerning and 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 in a role that I was you know excited about. So this to me is like in, in, in a dramatic role and something that was just not like a cameo, like you know just Sandra being Sandra, which is. I can do in my sleep, obviously, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Something with a more depth to it. This is a really exciting time for me. Okay, I have a, a question that I have been dying to ask you. The the remount of the L word, are you going to involve yourself in that? Do you want to be involved? Are I mean, you think, excited about they, it? I think they reached out to me, but I don't have an idea what the role was. Um yeah, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily where I want to go next in, in my acting career, hmm. frankly. No. Yeah. No. Okay. I, I, I like doing things that break open the, 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 you know, preconceived notions of who I am as an actor and, and you know, take, take bigger challenges in, in my career at this point. Well, Sandra, um, we're just about out of time. I have to tell you that um, you were talking about like shooting a shot and how important that is to be able to get things. Um, I hope that you're in New York uh, and next weekend. I'll be next week. I'll be hosting the uh, Stonewall Community Foundation Vision Awards, and we'd love to have you there as a guest if you're in New York City. Well, you know, uh, I'm actually on my way to Minneapolis next weekend to do Gay Pride performance there. What what day is the, is the um, it'll be on it'll be on Thursday. So if you're in town, we'd love to have you. You know something? I'm going to be honest. I'm shooting Pose next Thursday. Oh. Is that like more important or something? <laughs> I don't understand. Write yourself out. Okay, you can, you can make, you decide Listen, all these decisions. Everything's important. Well, I know. I'm so everything glad is that you're important, coming yes. to do that and it's amazing and you'll have my my thoughts and energy <laughs> of course. Um, 
if not me in person. But <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll stay in touch, and there'll be lots of other great you know, things we can do together. Great. Well, Thank we, you, Sandra. We really appreciate you joining us. And, it was um, my pleasure. I loving, hope we, I hope you had a good time. Absolutely. I, I did. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Okay, that's we all love, that matters. We love happy happy Pride to you as well. You guys can catch Sandra Bernhard on Pose on on Tuesday nights on FX. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When you come back, we have more Drop the Subject with Jared and Allie on Channel Q on the radio and radio.com. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. It's an appropriate song for a gay radio station, a song called I'm a Sucker. Drop the subject you. on the new Channel Q with Allie Johnson and Jarrett Hill and, of course, Ginger Justin running the board. Ginger Justin just turned a little bit more red. She's that's like, what the song's called. I, I, that's not what, that's what the song is called. <laughs> All right. We have a lot to look forward to still. I mean, we're on double time today, so we've been on for a little while, but we still have much more to get to. We have Gay Gay Cray Cray on the horizon. We uh, will be doing Coming to Terms, which is, you know, when we break down uh, gender identities and sexual identities. There's a lot of them now. It can get a little confusing. So we break it down Sesame Street style with Coming to Terms. We also have a special guest joining us for that. And and just to update anybody, I know yesterday at the top of the show we were talking about unread emails. Mm-hmm. And you, what, how how many did the person that it was like over a hundred thousand? Okay, it was a hundred thousand. So uh, somebody draw a direct messaged us on drop the subject at DTS Show on Twitter. If you're not already following us, please do. But uh, this person named the pessimistic bear tweeted uh, or uh, direct messaged us and said, hey, I've got a lot of them too. And it said and uh, screenshotted their unread emails and it was 5,024. So I tweeted it out. I said, can anybody top this? And we actually got a lot of responses. Uh, Kevin Klein, a friend, 14,445. Kevin. He also had eight missed calls and 18 unread text messages. Oh, my God. So I always, uh, whenever I text him and I don't hear back, I'm like, no, that's 19 I or just, 20. You know, no, like it's I, just yeah. adding to the pile. The other, I think on Monday or Tuesday show, I, I always put my phone like on do not disturb so it won't ring. I'm like, I... Oh, picked up my phone at the end of the show. I might check it throughout the show or whatever. But I had like 20 emails and like 16 text messages. And I was like, I need to pause life for a minute because <laughs> this is going to drive me insane. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am I, the same. I will definitely go through my stuff. I, I, I mean, I look at my phone right now. Let's see if I have, I have zero unread emails. Oh, wait, no, I have, let's see, f- six. But three of them are from Gold Star. <laughs> So <laughs> what is gold star? Gold star tickets. Oh, like yeah. you bought tickets or something? Yeah, and it's just like promotional. You know gotcha. what I mean? Okay. Uh, so another person had tweeted out twenty thousand and said, "I'm." This is someone named Caleb uh, saying, "I'm not proud." And then a person named Robert Todd added theirs, which was two hundred and fifty-four thousand. Another person named Edgar said that they had ten thousand. That was their screenshot. And then Grandpa Shark said, hold my cocktail, you amateurs, and screenshotted theirs, which was 317,255 unread emails. That is crazy. So if you can top Grandpa Shark, please what tweet at us. What is the number again? 317,255. He needs a whooping. <laughs> he needs I mean, well, if it's Grandpa whoops. Shark, maybe he doesn't know how to open them. 
No, but uh, you know what? Okay. I, I, I can't even talk about this. My <laughs> okay. anxiety is going through the roof. <laughs> Just because you're stressed out about oh their email? God, 317. Uh, okay. Gay, gay, cray, cray. Here we go. Crazy. Every Thursday, we I share a story about a couple. Usually things started out well, and then when things went awry, mm-hmm. and I will give you some details on the story. You must decide whether they are gay-gay, this is a gay couple, whether it's male or female, or are they just cray-cray? Are they just a couple of crazy heteros? Mm-hmm. I go, uh, I mean, when you, uh, classic love story, when you get together, you, you know, woman meets woman, guy meets guy, guy meets girl, whatever it is, you get together, and you, maybe you get a pet. That's mm-hmm. the first icebreaker into you know a joint responsibility. Uh, maybe eventually kids are in the picture, but you start. If you're gay, you get a dog. If you're lesbian, you get a cat. If you're hetero, whatever, you, you make your decision. In this case, this couple live, uh, live together. They live in Oakland. And they got a, a couple of cats. How soon? Mm, actually, it doesn't say how soon they moved in. That this would be a great indicator, indicator to know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this ha- happened in Oakland County. They got a couple of cats, then they got a couple more, and then they got a couple more. Definitely, and then days. they got a couple of more, oh, and Jesus. then before they knew it, they were uh, faced with possible prison time because they had way too many cats to the point where it was the biggest hoarding case. That Oakland County has ever seen. Oakland, California. Yes. Okay. No, no, no. Oakland County, Michigan. Sorry. O- oh. West Bloomfield Township couple in Oakland County, Michigan. That even feels even more lesbian friendly. Midwest Midwestern lesbians adopting tons of cats. How many cats do you think were removed from this home? Oh my god. You're gonna play. My skin is crawling. The price is right with this. cat number. I just oh. Um, I'm gonna guess it's double digits. Okay. What's your What's your number? Oh, I have to get exactly right without going over, right? But, um, uh, the Oakland oh. County Animal Shelter and Pet Adoption Center manager Bob Gatt said, "This is the worst animal hoarding case I have seen in my entire career." Oh God! Oh, Justin, not the music. These cats were living in deplorable oh, conditions. No. The pressure's on now. Okay. Um. Okay, Regis. Um. No, okay, so that Some of the cats even gave birth after arriving at the shelter. Oh, they took them out of the shelter oh, and they serious? had babies. So these cats, even if they started out with like 20 or 30, they were getting pregnant and breeding with each other. So, you know, when that starts happening, your home just basically turns into a feral cat alley. Okay, so you said 20 or 30. So now I'm guessing it's probably even more than that. I was going to say like 24. Um, okay, let's <laughs> go with like 44. Okay. And that is, oh, is that my final answer? 44. Okay, yeah, I think it's... This couple faces prison time, Jared. It could be even more than that. Um, And their name is The Kleins. Their last name is The the Kleins. Okay. My, my, I'm going to say they had 60 cats. That's my final answer. 60 cats. You think that the Klein couple living in Oakland County that were arrested for the largest animal hoarding case in Oakland County history had how many cats? 60 cats. I have to tell you, you guys think I'm joking, but this music always makes me so nervous. So go ahead. Okay. There were 178 cats removed 
from this home in the largest animal hoarding case in Oakland County history, according to officials. And the question that remains, now that you got that one wrong, their oh pressure is really God. on. Is this a gay gay couple or is this a cray cray couple? Oh my God, there's more. Okay. A uh, couple of people. They're not married, not from what I can see, but they live together in Michigan. They adopted a couple of cats. Got out of hand. And now, I mean, you imagine the, Kevin Klein has whatever ten thousand unread emails. Okay, These wait. people had one hundred and seventy-eight unfed, malnutrited cats. So I, because I think you know, I would think this was lesbians. I feel like that's a trap. So I'm gonna say they're straight. Okay, they're straight. That is your final answer. And yes, you that's my final answer. Are. They are crazy. Yeah, they are just crazy. They are a heterosexual crazy couple. Jennifer Klein and Jonathan Klein. Oh, I guess they are married. They were charged with abandonment cruelty to 10 or more animals, and they face uh, prison time and up to $1,000 in bail. And like I always say, a couple that prisons together stays together. So that's romance, everybody, in the straight community. Be glad you're gay if you're gay. 160 cats? 178. 178 cats? That is Many of them pregnant, so they would have had probably a soft 200 by the Uh, end of that. Oh, God. So much cat hair. Oh, and there were lots of fleas. I think that goes without saying. We got to go to break. Please get us out of this segment, Justin. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break and probably a long one because I need to go to the bathroom and like really like (laughs) shower. Wash yourself clean. Oh, my God. See, a little bit of me wants to see pictures. I'm like, I bet they were cute. No, they could not be cute enough. Trust me. Um, Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have a lot more, and there's actually some breaking news coming out of Washington, D.C. Um, we'll dip into that, and uh, you're not going to miss it. You're listening to Drop the Subject with Jared and Allie on the new channel Q on your radio and radio.com. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. Okay, Drop the Subject on the new channel Q. Allie Johnson, Jared Hill. Ginger Justin, here with you twice the time today on this Double Trouble Thursday. Thank you for joining us. And if you missed any of the stuff we did before, uh, covered some hot topics. So you can catch up with everything on the podcast by just searching for Drop the Subject wherever you find your podcasts. Or, of course, you can always check us out on Radio.com. You can download the podcast that way. And you can follow us at DTS Show on Twitter and on Instagram. We have a... uh, uh, a, a hot debate going on about, how, or not a debate, but I guess who can come up with the highest number of unread emails on their phone. Uh, the latest one that we had was 317,000, I believe, unread emails. So if you can top that, please tweet at us. I'd like to get, I'd like to find the person with the most unread emails oh in this entire God. country. I'm, <laughs> Since I'm, we are nationwide. I'm cringing at just the thought of what these numbers might look like. Um, uh, yeah. So Also, Ginger Justin is having a great time with the podcast titles. Everything's double trouble, double trouble. Yeah, double so we, trouble. We've had double trouble, double caucasity <laughs> uh, for Tuesday's show. We had double trouble, random nakeds uh, on Monday's show. Uh, you can find our podcast anywhere that you find, anywhere that you get yeah. your podcast. Um, we're looking at, I'm looking at this on Apple Pods. I gave a shout out to Random Nakeds after Pride because I I love the someone that has the the balls literally to go to Pride complete almost completely naked. You she can say that, but I can't talk about a kid. Talk about a kid. Yes, you can say balls, but I was talking about that Stanley Steamer commercial yesterday, and when the little kid is 
oh, going oh, on right. the floor. Yes, I know. Said, Isn't I that ridiculous? That. That's yeah, ridiculous. The, rule, the rules are, are very skewed. Um, okay, uh, well, okay, something. So com- we, I, I want to talk about something that's been going on. It, it's been it's a story that's been circulating all week long about a, p- a potential alien. But you also have an update that we need to get to. Yes, I just got an email from the uh, Senate Majority Leader's office saying that the Senate Majority Leader just went down to the Senate floor uh, requesting to pass legislation to make a campaign's legal make it a campaign's legal duty to report um, when the FBI uh, to the FBI when a foreign power offers assistance. This is coming out of yesterday's interview with the president where he said that he would take uh, the, the aid of a foreign adversary. So um, this is happening right now. The leader just went down to the floor of the Senate and made a speech. So uh, kind of watching that, but that's happening right now. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I, I, I'm happy to give you any updates on that. Jared, if you need them, I know that you you're looking at you're angling at becoming our political correspondent. So. Yes, well, actually, I have. I'm I'm interested. I know last uh, news it or lose it, the one that you led, mm-hmm. you had a kind of a wild card there for me. Mm-hmm. I have a wild card for you coming up I as feel well. Like your wild cards are probably a lot wilder than my wilds. <laughs> Just guessing. Just guessing. Um, you never know. Okay. What if mine's just the most bland, boring story ever? Okay. We'll Maybe see. that's the wild card. Maybe that's the wild, right? It's something that's not even like exciting at all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not. like Lady Crosses Street. Trump did something. Oh, Lady no. Crosses Street. <laughs> Lady Crosses the Street. <laughs> and nothing it. happens. Exactly. Okay, this is something that I actually saw. I actually saw this video earlier in the week. I believe it was on Monday or Tuesday, but it has been making the rounds on social media a lot of people have been debating on what this video is of is it an alien sighting is this just a little boy playing a practical joke on people Uh, i don't think that you have seen this video jared no yeah i've been avoiding it so i could be in the moment with with our listeners okay great so if you haven't seen it already i think we'll put it out on twitter at dts show but basically there is a security camera footage or i guess camera footage outside someone's house you know it's like a little camera that's right above their door It overlooks the driveway. It's the middle of the night, and there is a car parked in the driveway, and all of a sudden, this figure walks across the driveway, kind of walking, looks like inhumanely. And a lot of people think that it's, uh, what is that person from Harry Potter? Dobby. Dobby. Everyone thinks that it's Dobby from Harry Potter. He looks inhuman. He looks like a weird creature. So there's been a lot of talk about what this thing is, and they even of course Inside Edition was all over this and they interviewed the person whose camera it was and they really got deep into it. Let's take a listen. The mom whose security cameras captured that creepy creature is speaking out today and she's really freaked out. It's something you don't see every day. This is driveway in Colorado Springs where Vivian Gomez says the strange figure was recorded frolicking in the dead of night. He opened the door because from the cameras... Frolicking. In the dead of night. Frolicking in yeah. the dead of night. I just love, I, I love it. Uh, so, yeah, this figure looks like it's kind of doing chicken dance or something. And it's really, what I love about Inside Edition is that they will take a story that really has no legs and they will try and give it legs. They oh, will yeah. do anything that they possibly can to get to the bottom of this story, even if there really is no bottom. Even in the dead of night. In the dead of night. You can see a shadow on the fence. Then he stopped at the front of the car and did a little dance. My camera only goes for 10 seconds. Okay, so here's my thing. When I first saw it, I was like, wow, this is really creepy. Of course, this looks like an alien. Have you seen the video? Are you looking I'm at looking it? I'm looking at it right now. Doesn't I mean, it's creepy, right? It's definitely, it definitely gives you the chills a little bit. Whoa, God, what is that? I've never seen anything like that. 
but she's saying this video only goes for 10 seconds, like her that her camera only captures things in 10 second intervals. And that video of that weird creature is probably about four seconds long. So there is a second half to that video. It's just this is in my opinion, this is an Internet hoax. Yeah, I don't know what I'm even looking at here. Like, it's, it looks like a kid in a in like a costume of some sort. It, I'm not even really clear that it's like an alien costume so much as it's like a bodysuit kind of thing. Okay, so you're going with kid in a costume. That's what, I mean, I certainly am not like, this is an extraterrestrial. <laughs> You know, like it's just so it just cut off at that point. Social media is going nuts. Some say now they're going nuts. Right. Exactly. Social media has finally gone nuts. (laughs) Lost it. It has not been nuts until now. This is the thing that pushed them over. It looks like an alien or an elf like Dobby from the Harry Potter movies. Such an honor it is. (laughs) I'm glad that they are just really investigating every angle of this. This is important stuff, Jared. I know that the Senate floor is equally important, but, you know, people want to know if an alien is living among us. I just keep looking at this like it's doing like the chicken dance or something like I... I have so, no idea what's happening. So okay, here. there's another theory here. It also looks like it's wearing like a hat of some okay, sort. Okay, that's interesting because the, the, the some people think that it's a kid. Others have a more down-to-earth explanation. It's a skinny kid doing the chicken dance, wearing underwear on his head. Well, there you, <laughs> there you have it. So, are you of the? kid doing a chicken dance with underwear on his head. I'm not, I don't think it's system. underwear, but it's definitely wearing some kind of, something that's not intended to be a hat on its head. I see. And guess what? Vivian has a nine-year-old son named Bobby. Oh, Lord. Breaking headline. We've got a new update to the story. <laughs> she apparently has a nine-year-old named Bobby. <laughs> Who wears underwear. Like, I just, oh, Could it be your son Bobby just goofing around? No. I no. My son, Bobby, does not goof around. He never has, and he right. never will. wouldn't let him out at dark by himself. <laughs> because he turns into a gremlin. What's Bobby like? Is he a goofy kid? Does he like dancing around? No. He likes to play around and... He doesn't joke like joke around, and he, he does. He's very serious. All right, I, <laughs> this kid. I don't let him out after dark, and oh. he does not put underwear where it doesn't belong. We got to take a quick break. Oh man! I'm so sorry. Well, I don't know how this mystery will ever be solved, but uh, you. Well, we're going to put that on Twitter if you want to take a look and gather. Get, come to your own conclusions. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Drop the subject on the new channel Q. Allie Johnson, Jarrett Hill. That's a lot me. of people stopping by today. Yeah, we have. It's like this door is just open and open and open. I mean, people week going, week. oh, you talked to Sandra Bernhard. Bernhard. Uh, hey, where are these people from sales? How's it going? And we're like, hey, what's up? And yeah, they were like, got, do you want to keep, do you want to stay in here? Do you want to play News It or Lose It with us? It's a tour, like a, a tour stop right now. It's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's fun to have them just, I like it when they hover outside the window, <laughs> especially when they take video outside the window because I know for a fact that that video sucks. Right. I always want them to come in like, hey, say hello. Yeah. Like, come in and see what we're doing. I mean, I just know if I ever take a video of something through a window, I'm like, yeah, this is worth you it. See and then I, yeah. yeah, and then I go through it later and I'm like, why did I say, why did I take this video? I find that to be true with most things that I shoot video of on my phone, though. 
like you especially if you're like at a concert or if you're like out somewhere it's like this video is never going to get watched again concerts are the worst yeah. i don't understand why anybody films anything at a concert because there's going to be professional video of it that's much better than your cell phone footage exactly. okay news it or lose it here we go it's my turn now taking back the power drop just, the subject presents news it or lose it i sounded so rednecky there it's my turn now. I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> Your words. Uh, here's what happens. I list five headlines. Jared decides what we news and what we lose. Can and we get through this in 60 seconds? Yes, Is that possible? Of All right. Let's see. All right. Here's the first headline. Exactly what to eat on your period, according to a hormone expert. <laughs> You know what? I'm sure we have a lot of lady listeners. I would love that. Yes. Thank you very much, Jared. Yes. Headline number two, the latest sexting trend, boomerang nudes. Uh, uh, I'm thinking about the other things we have. Oh, God, I got to be quick. Yeah, you got to make a choice. uh, News it. Okay. Falling asleep with the TV on could make you put weight on. Oh, my God. I just did that yesterday. News it. Okay. Uh, Donald Trump caught up in Prince of Wales Twitter debacle. Oh, God. I've got to get into this that. This is my political news story. It. I know. Yeah. All right. News it. And then what it takes to be a $200,000 a year nanny. Oh, my God. I think this might be your first what? all news it. All news it? They're going to news all. All news it all the time? All yes. right. We may have to do this in two, two, two breaks, segments, yes. but we will. We will try and get to all of it. We've got all these stories and more coming up next on Drop the Subject <laughs> with Allie and Jared. And Jared and Allie on the Channel Q. Don't go anywhere. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jared Hill. Allie Johnson's over there on the other mic. She's uh, queuing up some sounds for us for this next story. Yep. For these news that are lose it stories. So, Ginger Justin, if you're ready, let's jump back into news it or lose it. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. Before we jump into News It or Lose It, you just heard me do something wrong, actually. Um, <laughs> we are playing Madonna every hour at the top of the hour. Um, this new track is uh, coming from her new album that's going to be dropping on Friday. So we're really excited in honor of Pride Month and release of Madam X. This Friday, we're playing it every hour on the hour. It's the new LGBTQ plus anthem for the ages. It's called I Rise. It's the Tracy Young Pride remix. So again, you'll hear that at the top of every hour um, before we get started with everything else. So I Allie... Really, I really do like your idea that we are only here to kind of just fill the air in between Madonna songs. I mean, I think weather that's what updates this is. and Madonna songs. It's like right, it's weather and traffic on the sevens and Madonna. That <laughs> the is top of every. Hour. That is what we're doing. Okay, news it or lose it. We have a lot of stories to get to, so let's jump right in. We will start with boomerang nudes now. Uh, people get creative with nudes these days. They, uh, I, I need to be able to sit. That can I? Sorry, I'm like holding a mi- this microphone. I got you, co-host. Phone, I'm coming. My I'm phone coming. is ringing right now. I'm holding my laptop in my hand. The f- microphone will not stay without my holding it, so I'm trying to juggle. Okay, let me just get this. Oh, a chair. Oh, thank you. Ooh, thank you, Jared. Okay. Boomerang. Peek, another peek behind the curtain. Sometimes <laughs> Allie goes over to the board so she can run her own sounds, but she was holding the microphone and the computer and standing and hitting buttons. It was too much. Mm-hmm, yeah, and, and I'm in... Uh, Ginger Justin's personal space, yes. which is uh, yeah something which that is a me too I'm sure neither of us want. Okay, so 
nudes, obviously, I think when nude leaks started happening, people started embracing their nudity, going, hey, you know what? Yeah, I take nudes and I send them, and so what? I don't really care. And then there became a new trend of airdropping nudes to yes, random people. Indeed. Which was hilarious. Which people say happens a lot, but I don't. I don't think it happens as much as people say it does, but I know that it does happen. I did get a, an airdrop from somebody once. I didn't accept it because I was like, oh, this is a mistake. But now I kind of wish I had because yeah. I was like, what was it? Because it was like two days after that that I saw the story about people airdropping nudes. And I was like, oh, man, I should have accepted whoever that was from. I just feel like it's so random to like airdrop your nude to people you don't even know. <laughs> that, yeah, but that's you know I mean? funny. That's the funny, the fun of it. Is it? Yeah. Okay. And my phone doesn't say my name on it, so it's kind of anonymous. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but now there's a new trend, and this is a new sexting trend. Yours, your identification should say, I'm a lesbian, yeah. just so they know what this is. <laughs> right. I'm not interested mm. in your in your airdrop D-pics. So basically, there's a new form of sexting in the form of nude boomerangs. Of course, a boomerang, if you don't know what that is, it's like a... It, it, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a, it. quick, it's like video a very gif quick video, yeah. That, that loops like back goes, and forth. yeah, that's back and forth. So it's like a one second or half second video that just plays on. I'm a gonna loop. do one right now while you're telling the story. But. Okay, but not a nude one, I hope. Well, you know, I'm under the desk. Okay, <laughs> so. Some people started doing this because one person said, quote, I was struggling a bit to capture the thickness of my butt because it looked flat. So you need more than just a regular old flat two dimensional picture. You need to have an added thing with video in it. And you don't have time to do like a whole FaceTime nude thing. You don't have time to uh, to to, you know sexed more regularly so you're going to just do a boomerang nude and people can kind of get more, more of an angle on what your naked body looks like in order to uh, to sext properly. I guess. It just seems like a lot of work. Boomerangs are so hard to get good. You like to do them well? Well, like you're doing one right now and you're probably going to have to redo it three different times because the That's boomerang. That's my point. You know? Okay, moving on. We have to move on. We have to get through this quickly. Uh, oh, someone also said it's really hard to do a helicopter D without doing a boomerang. <laughs> A helicopter D. You know, a helicopter. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess that's that's a, a fun thing. Okay. Now you decided to news this too, Jarrett. What exactly are the foods that will help with your period symptoms? I just wanted to help out our lady listeners. You know, that's really nice because I think a lot of men, when they hear the word period, they're like, ah, run away, run away. This doesn't really happen. Well, Allie, I'm a giver. So. I <laughs> That's beautiful. So what they say you should not be eating when you're on your period are foods that are high in sugar, refined carbohydrates, dairy, caffeine, basically anything delicious. Oh, my God. That will make your blood sugar imbalance and it will trigger or exacerbate your period symptoms. Uh, any pesticide sprayed fruits and vegetables. They also do not like their hormones. They uh, your horm- hormones. They beat them up. They block receptors, and then it eventually makes your period symptoms worse. What you want to be eating is vitamin B. You want to be eating the omega threes. Of course, everyone loves those. The fatty acids, the fiber rich mm. vegetables, and of course, everyone knows magnesium. Because <laughs> we're all ex women. I just I'm like. I- can't you just like take a multivitamin or something? It seems like trying to get all that in your diet would be really difficult. You know what I'll take is a Valium or some like Midol or something. Or like a hysterectomy. Like I don't even want to <laughs> deal with any of this stuff anymore. I always uh, say like I'm I'm clear that God made me a man and not a woman at at the very least because of menstrual cycles. I would be a bitch. That's uh, terrible. Yeah, and I and I am a bitch and I'm well, proud of it. Well, there we go. And then finally, uh, Donald Trump tweeted earlier. Uh, I think this happened last night or this morning. Uh, 
uh, that he would like to meet certain foreign officials, including the Prince of Wales. Of course, he misspelled the word Wales. He spelled he it W-H-A-L-E-S, and it has been the uh, the topic of Twitter stormery this morning. And uh, it's, it's, of course, being memed all over the place. Um, we actually, I know that you are a political expert, Jarrett, and we have talked to many political and legal experts uh, when you cover political news, but mm-hmm, I have an mm-hmm. expert of my own. Okay. We have the Prince of Wales on the phone right now. Wait, are you serious? We do, yes. We have him on the phone. He and doesn't we even do radio interviews. Going, That's crazy. Right. We were able to get him. I was able to get him in the last minute. So, uh, the Prince of Wales, what do you think about Donald Trump wanting to meet you? Interesting. Ah. He's a lot less articulate than I expected. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, if if Donald Trump were to fly out to see you tomorrow, uh, would you be open to having this meeting and maybe uh, bridging some of the disagreements that you have? Ah. Fantastic. Mm. Do you have any questions for the Prince of Wales? Um, I mean, so many, but I think we're out of time is oh, what Justin is oh, saying. Oh, darn it. Uh, yeah. Plenty of time. No, the Prince of Wales, would you like to stay on the phone for Justin a little longer? Justin just totally threw me under the bus. We can, we can uh, add, uh, we can definitely have you on for another segment. Would you like that? Did he just fart on us? I think... <laughs> I think it just farted on us. I, th- I mean, I, I'm having a little trouble. It's a little bit muffled, but uh, yeah. Do you do you want to come here and visit us? You maybe want to come in studio with us, Prince of Wales. Oh, that was a big no. That was a hard pass. Wow, darn yeah. it. All right. Well, we have more news that are lose it coming up. We have a couple more stories we have to get to. Thank you, Prince of Wales, for joining us. That was thrilling. I'm glad that we got... That was a good get. Sandra Bernhardt and the Prince of Wales. In on one show. Star-studded show today. In one show. Um, what's crazy to me is, if you remember Kofefe... Kofefe, yeah. This is going to be one of those, he meant that, or, you know, whatever. Mm. I cannot stand that man. We're going to take a quick break. More news to lose it when we return. Kofefe on the radio and radio.com. <laughs> Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Drop the subject on the new channel Q with Allie Johnson, Jarrett Hill, our ginger Justin making this all happen. And there's still, we still have a little time left in the show. We still have exciting things to get to. Of course, we have to finish our news it or lose it. We have a couple stories that have been left behind, a couple subjects that we must pick up again. And then coming to terms, you know, I think that in our LGBTQ plus inclusivity, especially on this station, there are a lot of terms that people use to identify their sexuality, uh, their gender identity, and it's changing all the time. Last time we did this, we were talking about ace and arrow, a couple of terms that are now being used yes, regularly. Right. And uh, and Jonathan Van S from Queer Eye just came out as gender nonconforming. So we'll talk about what that means. Sometimes it's nice to just get real simple. Break it down Sesame Street style and go oh, go over some of these terms with our segment coming to terms. Uh, but first, news it or lose it continues, and what we have not gotten to yet is this. Also, before, huh? you, before you get into that, I just want to shout you out for your first ever five for five. 
First ever five for five news that are losing. Yeah, you just, did not lose one story. Yeah, you, you. I don't know if that's a great thing or a bad. I don't know how to rate. I it, think that's a good I thing. It's say, a lot more work for me. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, um, I thought about that after. I was like, she has to go through all these. Stories. I was like, oh my god. Okay, let's get the facts straight. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm I'm happy to talk about these stories. These are all stories I wanted to talk about. Let's talk about the two hundred thousand dollar a year nanny. You know. Nannying is thought of as something you do when, you know, you're just starting out. Maybe you're in high school still. You consider yourself a babysitter and then you you still do it in college and you consider yourself a nanny. Then you're an au pair. Then you're basically living most of your life going, okay, I've never really changed careers. I'm basically a career nanny now. Yeah. But... It's not something that is frowned upon. I mean, I don't know if it was necessarily frowned upon, but I think it was thought of as more of like a side hustle rather than like an, a big job. Yeah. Are you typing emails right now? No, I'm trying to find something for you, but go on okay. as you were. Now it's becoming a job where people are getting paid a lot of money to do this and they're being asked to do more than just take care of the kids. Uh, the, this Wait, wait. <laughs> that took an interesting turn. Well, there, there are people that are, uh, they're trying to hire people like nannies who are tech savvy, okay. who can actually do like things around the house that can help with technology. There have also been special requests for bi or multilingual nannies, people who can speak fluent English and Mandarin or okay. French. So wait. You, they want you to take care of the kid and be able to do tech stuff or like they want someone who does tech stuff all the time? No, they want somebody who can do more than just like, like yes, you can take care of the kids. You can make sure they're going to bed at the right time. But then also if I have a problem with my printer, you're able to fix that too. You're I, able to just kind of be more of a yeah. house manager. I actually... I actually really get that more from the the perspective of languages, because when nannies speak multiple languages, the kids tend to speak multiple languages. And so the idea that you'd want a nanny or a manny or, you know, an au pair or an au pair or whatever you call it, um, that can do more than, you know, change diapers and cook meals or whatever. I kind of get that. Yeah. Uh, it says many of our families don't want any screen time for the kids. Uh, this is the founder of Educated Nannies. So that's the time the nanny needs to bring in preschool curriculum and adventures. So they're being asked to do more than just like, you know, oh, stick him in front of a TV and I'll make you some chicken nuggets. No, I want you to make my kid do things and actually have a whole curriculum plan. I want you to teach them things. I want you to take them on adventures. I want you to have a whole, uh, you know, I want you to have a game plan for how you're going to make this kid that's interesting. I kind of like that. I mean, mind you, I don't have $200,000, nor do I have a child, but I do think the idea of them being able to kind of like contribute more to the kid's life, like, I mean, if you're going to be here all day, you might as well do some, the kid might as well get some kind of education out of well, it. Well, I mean, you get what you pay for, right? If you if you are just doing minimum wage. You get chicken prob- nuggets. Yeah, you're going to get chicken nuggets <laughs> and Shrek. <laughs> That's going to be the kids' day, and that's like fine. Shrek the Third. Like, come on. <laughs> like, let's be let's let's be a little progressive. At here. least Shrek the Third is that the best one? <laughs> and then some of these nannies. I mean, if you're going to pay them, some of them make 150 to 180 thousand dollars yeah. a year in places like New York or Los Angeles. Sometimes even more in the Bay Area. They said families are paying more than 220 thousand dollars a year in San Francisco. There is a value in paying well for your employees there. So, and especially if. If you think about paying somebody who works at Google or whatever, that's fine. But if you, you want to pay the person well that's actually taking care of your family and managing your household, that's the person that you want to treat well and give them some great perks and things like that because you want them to be a happy employee. It's a you know happy then it's a happy household, it's a happy family. Then your overall wellness and the, and the survival of your family is is at its best. You know, Allison, I thought this story might be ridiculous, but. I'm completely here for this. You know, I would like a nanny housekeeper hybrid. 
Well, I think some nannies do do that. I think, like, if they're, like, living, I think some of them do, like, clean up. They're just, like, a general... Well, the, this girl that I dated, uh, this was a long time ago, but she was a, a private chef. Mm-hmm. I think I told you about her. And she worked for very, very rich families. I mean, billionaire families that had not only one nanny, but a team of nannies. And they also had a house manager. There was a, a woman whose job it was to manage all the nannies, manage the housekeeper, manage like the, wealthy the private chef, rich. manage their vacations, keep everybody's schedule on. Okay, this is when Timmy's play is. This is when Lisa's soccer practice is. She was a super stressed out house manager. So it seems like in this case, the nannies are a little bit more of like a house manager role yeah. where you're doing more than just taking care of the kids. You have a staff of people that are working at your house. That's interesting. All right. Let's talk about people who fall asleep unsupervised with the TV on and then gain a bunch of weight. How dare you? I mean, go on. Uh, this is, you know, if you're watching Shrek the Third and then you fall asleep. Okay. And, wait a minute. Let's 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 stop this And then train. it says, are you still watching? And you say, why, yes, I am, but I'm also sleeping. There's actually nothing more offensive than are you still watching? Like, yes, bitch, I'm still here. <laughs> Rude. My, I know. My DirecTV now does that all the time. And I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> Yes, I've been watching MSNBC Alexa, for four hours. please tell Netflix I'm still watching. Exactly. It's so rude. Because then you have to go all the way over. You have to find the remote again, oh, or you God. have to tap one button on your computer. Before I was doing a show on the radio every day, I would have MSNBC on, like, in the background, just kind of, like, watching it all day, because I'm that kind of person. And, like, it would just, like, stop after a little while and be like, are you still here? And I'd be like, the judgment in your tone. Yeah. Mind you, it wasn't speaking, but that's a different It was just text. Yeah. But you managed to find a passive-aggressive tone in it. Well, that's what my therapist is for. Well, here's, I think that this study is passive aggressive because they only focused on women between the ages of 35 and 74. That's right. There were no men in this study. Uh, it showed that sleeping with the TV on or any other source of bright light in the bedroom had ga- uh, uh, gaining, had uh, was linked to gaining weight. Having a TV or other light source on while they slept, people that did that gained over 10 pounds during that time frame. I don't know, like, if there's another light source, like, we have a little, uh, you know, those little salt lamps? Mm-hmm. Those, like, pink ones? They're supposed to cleanse the air and stuff like that? Right. Like, we have that on, but does that mean that it's subliminally no, making a, us gain weight? That's a different thing, and I'm, I'm curious about why would they attribute that to, if, they, if it, like, affects your sleep or something, because they say, like, if you don't sleep or if you... Um, if you don't get enough sleep that you tend to be prone to gaining more weight. So I'm guessing that there's some kind of correlation between those two. You know, I think that with women, we gain weight no matter what. That's what I'm learning. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like you guys can eat a bunch of cheeseburgers and watch See, TV and go sleep. And then, re- yeah, really? I, I gained 25 pounds last year. Because I feel like I eat one shred of cheese and then it's like I feel it on my hips. All right. If I week. think about cheese, my button pops. So. <laughs> Just the thought. All right, so I guess we're on the same page. Yes, then. we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're coming to terms with uh, with some gay terminology. We're going to learn about what it means to be gender non-conforming. We're actually going to have a guest of mine, a friend of mine, that's going to be coming on to talk to us about that. So you're not going to miss it. We are coming right back. Gonna I was like, what are those words? You're not going to want to miss that. We're coming up next. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. Drop the subject on the new channel Q, Allie Johnson, Jared Hill, Ginger Justin, pressing buttons, making things happen. 
earlier on the show, we had Sandra Bernhardt. We talked to her. It was incredible. We also had the Prince of Wales on the phone. I'm still kind of surprised that I just talked to Sandra Bernhardt. And I was in one of the breaks, I was uh, playing my favorite moment that I told her about uh, from Will and Grace. From Will and Grace. So, yeah. Which she said that she would like to make a cameo in Will yes, and Grace. She made and some she, news here. She also said that she would not like to be on the new remount of the L Word, which she is interesting. She also made some news there, which was kind of surprising. She was like, you know, no. Yeah. And it, and it was rather matter of fact. She was just like, I like to do things that are, you know, show something new about me. She's so. kind of like been there, done that. Yeah. Why would I make a cameo on a show I've already made a com- cameo on, even if it's a remount? Well, but real, Will and Grace, she wants to do again. Yeah. So then what? I think there was more to that story. I think so, too. Because yeah. the, because the, the original L word, there's a, been a lot of controversy. controversy around it, about it being super whitewashed. And they're, yeah. say, they say they're trying to do things differently this time and they're trying to diversify. But maybe there's uh, some some tea there. Yeah. Maybe yeah. there's some something there. Well, L, the L word is a word that we, uh, you know, learned about through that Showtime show. But there's another word that we're going to be learning about right now. Mm-hmm, you yeah. like how I did that? Yes, I do. Thank you. Yeah, LGBTQ+. I mean, there, there's a lot of terms here. There's every, There's a lot of gray area now in the rainbow spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it's important for us to discuss some of these terms, maybe break them down a little bit, get really clear on what everything is. Because, you know, for me, it's like you you very aptly put, it's exhausting being a liberal. It, being, a, being a liberal is a lot of work. Yeah. So... And I think that being a member of the LGBTQ plus community and being inclusive and giving everyone a voice can also sometimes be exhausting because you have to keep up with all the stuff, right? Right. There's a lot to keep up with. So we break it down Sesame Street style. And today we will be talking about uh, different gender identities in specifically gender non-conforming and and gender non-binary. Jonathan Van Ness, one of the stars, of course, from Qu- the new Queer Eye, he came out this week and said that he is non-binary and gender non-conforming. He said, the older I get, the more I think that I am non-binary. I am gender non-conforming. Some days I feel like a man, other days I feel like a woman. He also said, I've been wearing heels and wearing makeup and wearing skirts and stuff for a minute, honey. I just didn't know what that meant, that that meant that I had a title. So so, so I um, have a, a good friend of mine who is also gender nonconforming, and he's the first person that I know that is gender nonconforming that um, I often call on him like when I'm like, okay, so I know we're under the same umbrella, but I have a question. Uh, so he's joining us right now. His name is Travel Anderson. He is the director of uh, culture and entertainment at Out Magazine. Uh, Travel, how's it going? It's going well. How's it going with you, Jared? Very well, very well. Um, so Ali and I are here to kind of get some clarity on GNC and kind of help people to understand what it is to be uh, gender nonconforming. I guess the first question is, how did you know um, that you were gender nonconforming as opposed to somewhere else under the spectrum of, of the LGBT um, umbrella? Um, I think for me, it was just real. For me, it was in college. I went to Morehouse College, historically like all-male school. And one of the things that we just did was dress in suits. And I, at some point, sophomore year, I was like, this suit thing is just not working for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then slowly, I just began to explore other ways to kind of present myself. And, you know, the heels, the makeup, the nails, all of that came um, at a later date. But I I would definitely say uh, college was when, when... I was able to name and claim that these traditional ways of presenting oneself as as a man or as a woman just didn't necessarily fit for me. Okay, so my question for you is, 
how did you arrive at gender nonconforming? How did you zero in on that term exactly? Because I have a you know a list in front of me, and I see gender queer, gender fluid, uh, non-binary. How did you arrive at that term for you, and how it fit for how you identify? Well, I think for me, the term of gender nonconforming is something that is more understood than, say, a non-binary or a genderqueer um, in terms of other people's uh, ability to understand how I show up in the world. Um, because of the word gender nonconforming, we know what gender is, we know what nonconforming is. Non-binary, genderqueer, I think those vocabulary words can kind of be kind of confusing for people. So I use gender nonconformity because it just makes sense most to me. I think all of those words, for the most part, generally mean the same thing, but different people find different homes in different words. Okay, got it. So it seems like the, the, the that there's just different words to identify a similar identity, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that saying gender nonconforming is the most simple way that seems to make the most sense for you and for other people. Exactly. I mean, I think there are some people who would be very specific and say non-binary is the term that they use for themselves, and we should respect how they choose uh, and how they want others to refer to them. But I think generally speaking, a lot of those words mean kind of the same thing, or they're like very close cousins of each other. Um, and so gender nonconforming is kind of one of those great umbrella terms to encapsulate all of us. So, Travell, you do actually a really great job um, with, a, with a, tra- a training on understanding LGBTQ communities. Uh, full disclosure, we are on the same board of the National Association of Black Journalists and so um, uh, here in Los Angeles. And so you did this great training that kind of explained like the full spectrum of LGBTQ. And so one of the things I think is important for people to understand is like the difference between gender and sexuality um, and how mm-hmm. those things are, are not the same. You can be right. transgender and lesbian like because I believe I believe Caitlyn Jenner is is a transgender woman who's also a lesbian right I think she's dating Sophia is that is that right I don't know I think she's dating right. but yeah I think um, she yeah but like because mm-hmm. you are transgender your gender and your sexuality are two different things can you explain that a little bit better yeah so your gender is who you go to bed as and your sexuality is who you go to bed with that is the Sesame Street breakdown that I needed. <laughs> that is perfect. No, That's it's what it, I'm here for. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember talking to somebody. I went to, uh, I was doing a show in, I believe it was Pueblo, Colorado, and I was talking to somebody who had just had um, gender reassignment surgery, and uh, she was... She, like I mean this was like probably 15 years ago mm-hmm. I was in college still and I was still learning about all this stuff and she was hitting on me and I was like whoa whoa it was like a, a moment where I was like oh you're into women and she was like yes just because I changed like just because I feel like a woman doesn't mean I don't want to still date women mm. and I and it was a mo- it was like a light bulb went off for me like yeah. oh wow those are two completely different things like the person that you feel you are inside is completely different from who you're attracted the, to yeah who you're attracted to and so, so that was an interesting realization for me so you said gender is who you go to bed as sexuality is who you go to bed with I think that's such a good exactly. way to put that so then who what is your uh, sexual identity then what My is- sexual identity is queer. Okay. Um, and for me, that is because I am attracted to a variety of different bodies, a variety of different genders. And so for me, queer is that wonderful, all-encapsulating term that lets you know that I'm just here to get laid. 
and whoever's doing it does not really matter. Amen to that. Yes, because I've I've seen pansexual and omnisexual and all of these other all of these other distinctions outside of gender that are about sexuality, but the gender ones I think are 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 obviously what we're talking about most right now. But like I think it's important for people to be able to kind of understand what those different things mean. So what do you feel like people are most confused about when you meet them or like they have the most questions about? I think what it is is that people just have, we all carry around these these lessons that we've been taught about what a man is and what a man looks like mm-hmm. and what a woman is and what a woman looks like. And when you see me moving through the world, depending on the day, you might not know what I'm giving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I think it's just a visual thing. We, we're just such visual people. And when the visual doesn't necessarily match what we think it should, um, people are confused. I think when you take some time to explain to people that, listen, I'm, I'm right there in the middle. I always say that I'm not pink. I'm not blue. I'm somewhere in that lavender area, a mixture of both. Um, and that's just where I find home and what I find most comfortable. We only have a few seconds left, but I wanted to make sure that we make clear uh, pronouns for a gender non-conforming person how does that work yeah are you are you they them i answer to all pronouns pronouns mean nothing to me i only care that the check is spelled right um other than that i would say for most people (laughs) it it depends so jonathan van ness you mentioned uh came out as non-binary he still uses he him as his pronoun got it Um, but there are other non-binary and gender non-conforming people who find a home with they them as their pronoun so it's all about asking an individual how would you like me to identify you um and i think that's the easiest most approachable way for folks to kind of go about being a liberal in the easiest most possible you know most well way. Yeah, awesome. and I think a lot of people too like to identify when they first meet a new person. They're like, "Hi, my name is do do do. Here's my identity. Here are the gender pronouns that I use." Right. Just to clear everything right. up. Huh, interesting. Travel, well, thank you, Travel. Travel Anderson, uh, director of entertainment and culture over at Out Magazine. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank y'all for having me. All right, we'll take a quick break. We're going to land this plane. You're listening to Drop the Subject with Jared and Allie on the new channel Q on your radio and radio.com. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. the subject. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jared Hill, Ali Johnson over there. Um, wanted to, before we go, um, just acknowledge something that we didn't really get to talk about yesterday, but it's the third anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting that happened in Orlando where we lost 50 different people um, in a nightclub shooting that was just pretty horrific um, from this, you know, this man that came in and shot up the, shot up that nightclub. And we wanted to just make sure that we uh, mentioned that we are thinking and praying for um, all of those folks and their families. Um, and I remember for myself when this happened, it was, I really, it was the first time I ever had a panic attack. Um, I went to, Oh really? Yeah. I went to a nightclub the next night <clears throat> because we were celebrating pride here in Los Angeles. And um, I walked into the club and I was not there for five, 10 minutes. And I remember having like, a full on feeling of like, you have to get out of here. You have to get out of here. We were at the Abbey. Um, and it just, I was like, I had like a full panic and like I had to leave. And like, I remember getting in the car and being so upset with myself because, um, I didn't, I have a, I had never felt that feeling before, but also I, um, was upset at myself for being 
nervous and uncomfortable and afraid and like feeling like something was going to happen. Well, yeah, I mean, I think with all this stuff, you feel angry and that, angry that you get those feelings now in public yeah. spaces. I mean, Pride just happened last weekend in, of course, in L.A., but also in D.C. and a bunch of other places. Mm-hmm. And there, D.C. had that scare where, you know, someone thought that there were gunshots yeah. and then everyone was freaking out and it was pandemonium and chaos. And that's kind of automatically what people start thinking about when they hear gunshots. They're like, oh, there's a shooting happening. Yeah. And then especially when it is a, a pride celebration like that where people are expressing themselves and living you know living their best life uh, you're still around thousands and thousands of other people and you I mean that stuff comes to mind because I think as a nation we have PTSD yeah absolutely you know I mean, where we're, we're all like indirectly dealing with this trauma or directly dealing with this trauma trauma you know so uh, it's of course important to point out and remember these things especially that affect our community directly things like pulse yeah, yeah. so just want to um acknowledge those folks that we lost that day and their families um we're thinking about you praying for you and uh we will not forget so, yeah yes um well tomorrow we're, we're running out of time but tomorrow i have a proposed thing i would like to do with you okay so i'm still into man alley just so you know hold on <laughs> hold on so when kevin joined the show we were talking about the spectrum, right? How everybody's on the gay straight spectrum and not everybody's 100% straight, not everybody's 100% gay. There's everybody's on the spectrum and somebody's we did it. a little it. bit country, some is a little rock and roll. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, a little classical in there. Right. And uh, and a little bit of Madonna, of course. Of course. <laughs> and uh, In so, just four minutes. Yes. Just, yeah, in just four minutes. Wait more, Madonna. Don't worry. So... We did the gay test. There's a gay test online. asks you some things about your lifestyle, your your habits, your preferences, and it gives you, in percentage, how gay you are. Is there a Home Depot question? I have taken... I'm not going to confirm or deny any Home Depot-related questions. <laughs> Kevin, I believe, was proven to be... What was it? Justin, do you remember his 40% gay? He was quite a lot gay. Oh. And then I remember taking it, too. I don't... I know that Clayton has taken it. Are you willing to tomorrow take the gay test? No, I won't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I will not have it. I will not have it. Uh, Yes, I will take the gay test. Great. I'm excited. I don't have my answer to the gay MA question yesterday. Yeah, exactly. That's what what made me think of it. Oh, yeah, okay. Right. Uh, So we will be doing that. I think we also might have time to learn from the animals tomorrow. All kinds of fun stuff to look forward to. Justin just always wants me to say, I won't have it. I won't have it. I think that Justin's favorite things are you saying I won't have it and me saying Channel Q. Channel Q. <laughs> so, uh, if any, if you missed anything today, be sure to check out the podcast. Drop the subject. You can search that into whatever, wherever you find your podcast, or of course on radio.com. You can find your podcast there. I'm just we, excited to see what he's going to name today's episode. I'm sure it'll be Double Trouble something. I just don't know <laughs> what exactly. Yeah, Double Trouble Prince of Wales. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, but, now that you said that, it won't be that. <laughs> It won't be that. I can't I can't title them. It's yeah. all up to Ginger Justin. Uh, so definitely check that out. We also will post little bits and pieces of our our interview with Sandra Bernhardt earlier. I don't think any of the interview with Tr- the Prince of Wales will get will make the cut, but Yeah, we'll we'll run that by the bosses. <laughs> I don't think we should tell the bosses that we did that. I think that they'll... I I could see the eyes rolling. 
I can hear them even. Uh, but we will take you out with this. Gay sports highlights of the week. Now, there's a lot of exciting things happening in sports right now. The NBA finals are in the middle. Uh, I mean, we're, game six is tonight. I'm really excited. Oh, Go Warriors. Of course, it's, it's terrible what happened to KD. He just had Achilles surgery yesterday. It was a crazy Kevin thing. He Durant? was in, huh? Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kevin Durant. You said Katie, and I literally thought, like, is she that big of a fan? And I was like, I didn't realize. <laughs> Katie had surgery. Okay. You know, it's a superstition. Yeah, Every exactly. year when they make the finals, she, she has, has surgery. surgery. Uh, so they have quite a game ahead of them tonight. And, of course, the Stanley Cup finals happened. And Hold, hold on. They have to win tonight, right? They have to win both, both games. Yeah, they have to this win. this is game six. They have to win tonight, and then they have to win Game Seven in order to take the finals. I know everything about sports. You do. Yeah. You are 100. percent But I, I watch some of this stuff, and then I say, "Well, you know, these announcers and some of the interactions are pretty gay." So I like to pull clips and pull gayest news highlights of the week. So to take you into the rest of your Thursday, here is gayest sports highlights of the week. We will see you tomorrow. Bye bye. Here are the gayest sports highlights from the week. Draymond Green left wide open and makes a pay. They work the puck D to D, and then the redirect from Ryan O'Reilly right between the legs. Lowry wants to take Cousins, drives inside, down again, but still finishes. Grinding guys against grinding guys. Johansson to the deep slot, trying to jam one along. He's one of the, he's one of the most misunderstood people. He's a good teammate, a good person. It's not fair. He's my rock. He keeps me going every day. And uh, he's here tonight. I can't wait to give him a hug. These have been the gayest sports highlights from this week. Drop the subject. On the next show, we will decide officially just how gay Jarrett Hill is. Wait, what? Everyone's on the scale. No one's 100% gay or 100% straight. So we'll decide exactly percentage-wise how gay you are. Okay, so is it like a practice question or something? All right, here's your practice question. Name something ugly about Idris Elba. I just failed. No, actually, you pass with flying <laughs> colors. 100% gay, you're the first one. Drop the subject. Weekdays, 12 to 2 Pacific, 3 to 5 Eastern, on the new Channel Q.